Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week. Ooh, I don't know if you guys are ready for a good time, but I am ready for a good time. This is Elite Week, episode 65. Heavily edited gameplay analysis with Rear Admiral Flaps. Galactic Water Cooler. Friday, March 5th, 2021. I am your host on this drunken romp through the galaxy, and my name is Kai Zen. And I hope that you are ready for some fun. With me tonight, as always, is we're going to go in a different order tonight. Our tactical officer, the main man, Tweet74. Say hi to the beautiful people, Tweet. Hello, my beautiful people. Friday night. I'm not entirely sure if I can remember everything, but I feel like we got some news this week for a change. So let's Did get we? to it. Was there news? I don't remember. Was there news? And I feel like there was something. My main man. On the podcast, the absolutely, astoundingly smooth voice Canadian, Commander Roy, say hi. <laughs> good evening, everyone. Uh, I hope you've had a good week, but even if you hadn't, we've, we're going to have a good time tonight. So, so pull up a chair and grab a drink and let's have some fun. Hell yes. And uh, our, our special guest, he's coming to us from Ireland. Rear Admiral Flaps. Say hello to the beautiful people, Rear Admiral. Hello, my beautiful, beautiful people. It's great to be amongst you all once again. And I've got my beer in hand. I hope you've just got your beers in hand. I hope you've got your beer on your joystick and uh, a beer, or your hand on a beer and a joystick at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that's beer on a joystick. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Mm. That's how I fly. Next, that's, uh, that's Irish for uh, I'm drinking. <laughs> right on. And in the control booth, we have the lovely and talented Control Dawn. Say hi to the beautiful people, Control. Good evening, Commanders. Hope you're having a fantastic night. See, guys, he speaks English. And he speaks that, too. So, yeah, right on. He's multilingual. He's the master of disaster. All right, 
so also we have uh just i gotta i gotta i want to call out all the people that work so hard to make this work we've got swordsmith who is our graphics producer we've got uh wolf dragon the executive producer and monohive the podcast editor so yeah thank you very much for all of you guys for doing all the heavy lifting so that i can just show up drunk and talk shit because that's really the only skill i have uh, with regard to computer stuff um our cover art this evening is astankova truckers um that was a picture that they posted and it was a big thing and it was very very cool so i want to give them a shout out uh love all of the cool player groups in elite dangerous in addition uh <clears throat> our opening song was all the small things by scary pockets featuring casey abrams and our closing song will be what's going on by teddy swims and those of you who are deciphering the coded messages to frontier uh at home uh what do you think what do you think the message is all right tonight we've got lots to talk about we've got some raxla theories we've got burger and terrorizing the cg we've got some more forum bullshit and oh yeah a little piece of news dropped. I don't know if you saw it, but there was some gameplay or something. I don't know. Uh, somebody will. I didn't see it. Somebody, I'm sure, will tell me about it. All that and more. So stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right. So also with us tonight is Arson Cross. Uh, he uh, just was able to duck in as we were doing the, the plug. So say hi to the beautiful people, Arson. To the beautiful people. Hello. Right on. Okay. So as I said, we've got a lot to get to tonight. So let's jump right into it. Right off the bat, we've got, I want to start with a little uh, brief interview with uh, Rear Admiral Flaps. Flappy, we had you on before. You've, you've been on the show before, but uh, you took a little bit of a break from Streaming Elite. You had some IRL stuff and whatever that you were dealing with, and uh, and you're back now. I just want to let everybody know that in the show notes, we will have your Twitch, which is twitch.tv forward slash 
Rear Admiral Flaps, all one word. Your Discord is linked in there. And your Twitter, which is twitter.com forward slash Flaps Rear. And I remember giving you shit about that last time, too. because Yeah, that's a little, I didn't uh, choose that name. I didn't choose that name. That was generated by Twitter themselves. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you got a flap on your rear, that's easy. Never mind. Never, just, but, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Flappy, you've been you took a break from Elite for what six months, nine months, something like that. Uh, five, six months there, there. Five, six months, it was, yeah, yeah. It was just it was multiple different things. I had some IRL stuff, as you rightly mentioned there, to, to try and sort out some not so good things happened in all of a short amount of time and. It just basically made me feel a wee bit burned out of everything. So I, th- mm. I figured that if I just take a step back, a bit of a sabbatical, uh, recharge the batteries and come back fresh, then hopefully uh, that will be a good thing. And do you know what? Being in the community over the last uh, few days, weeks, I've re- I really feel sort of reinvigorated. I've sort of updated all my equipment at home. I've updated the stream. There's new overlays on the way. There's just new everything on the way. And I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm feeling good. And I'm back and ready to do some elite dangerous things. Right on, brother. That's a beautiful thing. That is definitely a beautiful thing. So right off the bat, um, let's let's talk about. So you, when you stream, I want just people to know sort of like what days you're streaming. I know that you're sh- going to be streaming going forward. You're going to be streaming some elite. You're also going to be streaming some like Valheim and some some uh, like general stuff. And I think that was a good time to do that kind of get your feet into a bunch of different little ponds. And Absolutely, have some yeah. The, one, of, one of the things that I sort of figured in my sort of downtime was I need to have a wee bit more variety around. You know, the, I need to break up the monotony of Elite Dangerous. The thing with Elite Dangerous was that I was streaming it four or five days a week the first time around, and I was having fun. I was having loads of fun, and I was loving enjoying the community. But I was doing eight, nine-hour days at work, coming home, streaming straight away, and then going to bed, and then rinse, repeat. And it was just a wee bit too much. So I sort of figured now that if I take a wee bit of a step back and sort of stream a little bit of Elite Dangerous, a wee bit of Valheim, as you mentioned, or other games that are coming out later in the future, and just try to break it up a little bit, maybe not stream just as much and have yeah. fun. Don't don't feel the pressure any longer. I want to have fun. So that's that's the idea. That is definitely the way to do it. And I'm seeing in the chat, people are saying, great to have you back flaps and showing you some love. So Yeah, the welcome yeah, that I've had over the last week has been uh, absolutely, I'm gobsmacked, absolutely gobsmacked. I never realized I was thought of so, so highly. Um, mm. But yeah, it's fantastic to be back. It's a beautiful thing. Right on. Well, flaps, we're going to get to talking about what's going on in Elite, and we're glad to have you here for it. So let's get rocking. Um, right off the bat, I want to start with the Dark Wheel Update. It's the Dark Wheel Update. The Dark Wheel is at 51.9%, and, and you know, we own the system of Ross 154. We're looking to crash uh, uh, number two, number three, number six over the weekend and get ourselves, because four and five are locked in a war. We're going to look to uh, push this into expansion by, you know, Monday, Tuesday-ish at the latest. And that'll get us started on the 12-day expansion cycle, which is, I forget, I always forget. It's seven days active, five days pending, or five days active, seven days pending. It's one of the two, but whatever. It's a 12-day cycle uh, that is really an 11- to 13-day cycle because it's a sort of an imprecise art. But uh, we're looking to get that cycle started. And test the soul 
system. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to the Black Sky Legion, uh, which is the official squadron of the Dark Wheel uh, project on uh, PC. Uh, the squad tag is BSL1. You can come and join us. I want to give a huge shout out to the guys of the Black Sky Legion on on the Discord and also the Rabbit Hamster Assault Force. And all of you guys, either on the forums or through the Discord or through the 20 some odd Discords that follow our standing orders, all of you guys that are getting it done on your various uh, uh, in your various groups and whatnot. Uh, thank you so much. This this project is huge and it is, you know, it's nearing the finish line. So we're excited because we have coming up, you know, two big things to test in the next month that will be sort of make or break. And, and hopefully we'll make some history of some kind. So fingers crossed. And uh, yeah, let's get it done. Next up, we've got... The latest video by Mattias that dropped just earlier today, Ratsla Theories, the SAP 8. Now, there's a thing in game. I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'm just going to kind of give the general sort of background explanation. There's a thing in game called the SAP 8 Core. And these are these canisters that you have to get. They're literally the hardest and most difficult to acquire sort of rare good in the galaxy it's crazy crazy weird you have to get these one specific type of couriers that are in these specific areas and as soon as you attack them they immediately call in wave after wave of of reinforcements to their defense that are really some some tough ships to fight and uh yeah you have to while you're doing all that hatch breaker you had to get through the shields uh you know hatch breaker limpet and and steal the the you know pirate the uh these couriers and steal these sap eight cores now the things themselves are a crazy mystery um <clears throat> they were in the game and it says right in there that it's a canister that has this sort of special uh containment field that has like a small thermonuclear device or something inside of it and if you screw up and try to you know force it open if you don't have the proper access code and try to just if anybody you know other than the proper recipient tries to open it it'll like detonate and explode and yada 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 so they were theorized and alluded to be something to do with the raxla mystery at some point they were completely taken out of the game of elite dangerous for a while to the point that frontier even went into people's cargo who had sap eight cores and took them out and people like open tickets to complain to say like hey man my stuff is missing and frontier said yeah they're not in the game anymore we they're they were something to do with raxla but they're not a thing anymore and we're they're they're gone they're they're uh you know uh uh it's not you know it's it's not a a, a thing you're not supposed to do anything with it so that happened and then quietly, like a year or two later, they were reintroduced to the game with no fanfare, no explanation, no no patch notes, no anything. It's just people just started noticing, hey, these are a thing again. What the hell? And they're really hard to get, and we don't know how, what to do with them. But the, the 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 tantalizing facts that we have about them, or 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 speculation that we have about them, draws interest. And the fact that they're so hard to get. I mean, I know I've got. 
uh, about a dozen of them in my cargo on my fleet carrier that we went and got. And it's, I'm looking forward to seeing like, will this do something once we get Odyssey and we're on foot? It, will there be some way to hack it open with the hacking stuff that they have or that e-breach core or not? There's no way to know. These are all things that are like question marks for now. So yeah. Um, Mattias did a very, very cool video on it. And the link is in the show notes. Everybody that knows Mattias knows there's a couple of guys. You got your, your Mattias, your Drew, uh, Wagar for, for like sort of more of the official lore stuff, your guru nine, five, one. There are a couple of guys that do these like speculation theories into the sort of tinfoil stuff. And, and it's like, holy shit. They, they, they rock your world with the information they bring and let you, uh, spin some, you know, have some fun spinning some some conspiracy theories on what could this mean, whatever. So, if you want to be fully up to date on the latest of the tinfoil, well, get your ass over to Mattias's channel and check out that Raxla theories video. Good shit. Next up, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got Burger Ant. Um, <laughs> fucking, uh, I'm well, just gonna yeah. say it. Burger Ant is the best ant in Elite Dangerous. Burger Ant <laughs> is greater than Obsidian Ant. Uh, fight me if you disagree. He is just fucking hilarious. Uh, he does these stupid, just stupid videos. This last video that he did, there's a link in the show notes. PvP and Sirius. He flies around in a hauler with one hard point. D-rated. And derated everything and he interdicts mambas and fertilances and then is like hey i'm burger ant what are you doing here i'm questioning you are you going to try to kidnap the princess and then of course they keep killing him over and over and every time he's like ah you're killing me oh no combat log i mean uh rats Lightning are chewing my power house. cable <laughs> yeah yeah and then the next time uh, combat log i mean uh lightning struck my house like it's just over and over him getting blown up and screaming at the television set and he's fucking hilarious that's i love looking for rosling it's hilarious yeah yeah as well. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you there Ashling, <laughs> Ashling, and then he goes to fly over to the fucking the federal uh 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 farragut battle cru cru cruiser and he's like Asling, are you there? Are you being held kidnapped by Hudson? <laughs> ah, they're shooting at me. Fuck, run away. <laughs> and then he's like, it's all done. And he's like, maybe she's being held prisoner in a sex dungeon. Maybe she likes it. She's imperial. You never know. You know, like, just, just the guys just fucking, I, these videos are on the level of spatula. Oh, so, you know, that like, it's that stupid. And I fucking love it. I am here for it. I will be checking out his stuff. If you have not subscribed to Burger Ant's fucking channel, what are you doing? Because this shit in 2020 and 2021, mm. this is the shit that we need to see and yeah. just giggle at over the depressing nature of the rest of the universe. Guys, hop in, hop in here on. We've got the Dark Wheel, we've got Mattias's video, and we've got Burger. And I want to hear some chatter on this shit. Go ahead, Roy. So the the, the SAP eight thing. What I was thinking of as I was watching that and then listening to you talk about it as well is the actual mechan the, the mechanics, the game mechanics of how you get it. That little event and and waves of ships coming in and how difficult it is. Like um, in other games, that would be a feature. Like in Destiny, they have these things called heroic events where you can go to a you. They're on a schedule and you can participate with some people and it's kind of a 
it's like a little, not a raid. It's much, much smaller than that, but it's a little mini planned event. And this thing is like a hidden gem, this SAP 8 thing. If you want to just go have some fun in a hard mission, and it's not just a single fetch mission or a single go shoot this guy and you're done, it's got some steps to it. And it, it you know, the outcome of it is this cool thing. I, I, uh, I was just surprised that this is like one of these things that's, it's so, uh, both, um, encouraging and infuriating about this game is there's these little things that once you know what it is it's super freaking cool but you got to find it and hopefully more people will will know about it from from uh you know matthias's video and 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 hopefully us broadcasting it as well and other people promoting it and it's Mm. a fun thing go do it um yeah the the burger ant thing uh humor you know what humor is not easy and he nails it he nails it. It's it's really well done. Put a giant smile on my face. I just I was just giggling the whole time. And uh and and at the same time I was sort of like, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just so funny. So yeah. I cool stuff. I, I have the little bell set up to where anytime he puts something out, my phone will beep and I'll be like, Oh, I gotta yeah, I'll gotta stop and I gotta check this out because yeah, it's just it's it's just stupid fun and it's just great, great stuff. Real quick, let's dispense with something. Uh, this is a little, some weirdness and whatever, but uh, yeah, there's some more forum bullshit. You know, you guys heard last week uh, the round one of the forum bullshit. So after last week, I called out the forum mods for their uh, fucktardedness uh, and, and in specific, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Osric. Uh, I guess they decided, okay, well, they were going to get me. So, uh, the very, uh, a couple days later, the very next thing that I really posted in, uh, in the, uh, in the forums, uh, Arson got a hold of me and he was like, God, did you see this weird, uh, video that this, or not video thread that this guy started where he's talking about, uh, the dark wheel and, he found some stuff and it's like, man, is this, is David Braben and, and Frontier, are they part of the uh, cult? And I was like, what the hell? So I looked into the thread and the guy posted this thread and he's like, I found what I think is the most important piece of information that people need to see about the dark wheel and Raxel and whatever. And then he went to post some like logs and, or, or not logs, but some like, uh, like quoted stuff and say like, Hey, look, <clears throat> um, here is like a quote from Alistair Crowley on some weird, obscure occult prayer or quote or book or text or something. And, and, and it bore a sort of a resemblance, a passing resemblance to part of the Raxla, the dark wheel toast about Raxla. So uh, it was, you know, that whole thing with to the jewel, the brow, to the burning, blah, 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 to the this, to the that, that, that famous uh, dark wheel toast, you know, is, is sort of similar to that occult shit. And, uh, and he's like, you know, could this be a link? Could this be telling us something about David Braben or frontier or whatever? And I went to respond to the post and I went to say, Hey man, um, just as a heads up, like David Braben and frontier are, aren't into the occult in any way that, that that I know of from all of the stuff that I've seen. And as a heads up, David Braben didn't write any of the Raxla shit, all of the Raxla lore shit, David Braben. And I always forget Ian Bell, Alan Bell, one of those two names, Bell Braben and Bell were two college kids 
that were cramming through massive amounts of quick coding to make this amazing game for Acornsoft back in 1984 called Elite. You may have heard of it. And while they were doing it, one of the two of them must have been a fan of this guy's book. There was this book written by Steven Eisler uh, called something Alien Worlds colon something, 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 something. And uh, it turns out that Steven Eisler is the pen name of a guy named Robert Haldstock. So they tracked down this guy, Robert Hallstock, or knew him or some way knew of him and got him and said, hey, man, you wrote this book, this Alien Worlds book, and the book was like broken up into thirds. There were like three separate. It was like a, um, what is that called? Where you have a, a, a not a collage, but you know how you have a book where it's like three different stories that don't match. They're in different worlds, but they're just anthology. Anthology. There you go. Thank you. That's why you're here, Roy. He wrote this anthology book that had three separate stories in it. And the first story was, I forget what, and the second story was another thing. And the third story was called, I think it was called the Osira Raxla. And in this book, <clears throat> it's this crazy fucking book. And the book is, uh, or, or the story is there's these interdimensional lizard people called the Osira Raxla. And they travel through this gateway that's called Raxla. They travel between dimensions. They're able to travel through time. They have this weird, wacky cult where they can, like, control the universe and do weird shit. And they can, like, possess machinery and computers and stuff. So, like, if they want to kill you, these this weird lizard cult, like, they can murder you in the perfect way like, and, and get away with it scot-free because it's, like... Let's say, let's say I want to murder arson, right? And I have this weird, I'm a weird lizard cult person that has the ability to inhabit machinery and stuff. All I do is wait until he gets into an elevator and then possess the elevator to plummet 80 stories down to, you know, ground floor instantly murdering him. Or I possess his car and, you know, turn off the brakes and, you know, steer into a cliff or something. And, and like... So they had these all these sort of weird powers and they could pull strings behind the scenes and yada, yada, yada. This book was trippy as fuck. I mean, it was crazy weird. Uh, and I put in there, I was like, hey, man, this guy wrote this book called The Alien World or whatever. And it's this cool, weird, funky, trippy, pothead, sci-fi anthology series book that had like all of this super weird shit. Like this guy had access to the good weed because it's like weird shit of like... Like, oh, look, it's mom and pop and, and, and the little boy and girl at the breakfast table in like a 1950s 50s Norman Rockwell type painting. But like half of the people were replaced by big, huge insectoids that were just sitting at the table waiting to eat their cereal or reading the, the morning paper. Like it was some weird, trippy shit. Anyways, the forum moderators took this opportunity as the first post that I had made since I called them out for being fucking fascist assholes. They took this opportunity to post uh, or, or to ban me from the forums. And they said, uh, you mentioned drugs because I said it was a trippy pothead book. They said, you mentioned drugs. We have a zero tolerance policy about drugs. So you're banned from the forums. Now, they didn't say like, oh, you're banned like, you know, for a week or you're banned for three weeks. They just said, you're banned from the forums. 30 point violation, uh, which is like what the fuck like just out of nowhere 
And, and this wasn't a situation of like, hey, man, we keep warning you. Don't say it's a pothead book or don't say something about potheads or don't they don't whatever. And and I think in, in that thread that we talked about last week, there was that guy that was like, I, I, I called him a pothead because he was like thinking I was a frontier plant and that I ruled the galaxy or something like all this weird shit. You know, so I, this wasn't I've never been warned about like, hey, man, you can't mention pothead or you can't this, that or the other. I didn't say it in a derogatory way. I, I actually said it was a cool, funky, weird, trippy, you know, because like in the 70s, you had all that weird sci fi shit that was very sort of, you know, some hippies smoking weed and like, yeah, man, I've got this idea about this interdimensional gateway, man, and these lizard people. It It, it, it was very innocuous. It was very just just like a not a fucking problem and out of nowhere they went and no warning no first step no second step no third step, just your band they didn't sign uh their name to it anywhere there was no like oh it's this person or that person i guarantee it to you it was either osric or one of his little buddies doing their little bullshit bullying you know fucking tactics like they've been doing uh, and so, and there was, and also the little, the whole thing, like, oh, you could appeal this. That button wasn't there. Uh, no time frame, no name, no nothing. It was very, very suspicious and bullshit. Um, <clears throat> so I went and actually looked and found there was somebody sent it to me. Like, here's the actual email. Just go here and 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 uh, what do you call it? Uh, appeal it. It's like this is absolute bullshit. There's. You can do a you know a search on the keyword search on the forums and find fucking 80 different threads where somebody posted something and said you know marijuana or pot or you know some kind of whatever and <clears throat> it's it this is just complete bullshit so uh i i filed it appeal and i said hey man I, I you know it was an innocuous reference this is clearly bullying this is clearly absolute bullshit uh, and i got a response back fairly quickly again this one said it's from the community management team, but it's not signed. Nobody had the balls to put their name on it. But uh, it said, uh, we have a rule. This is the rule. It says you're not allowed to reference illegal activities or drugs or whatever. Uh, so, you know, we feel that the, the decision was proper and we're not, we're not uh, accepting your appeal, which is fucking ridiculous. Uh, again, this is so blatantly obvious that this is a completely bullshit bullying unfair uh application of the rules to the extent that multiple people in the discord were looking stuff up and they're like <clears throat> uh one of the guys he's like yeah man uh there's like i i pulled up and reported like 40 or 50 threads where people were talking about drugs uh you know they're talking about pot or marijuana i think he did a keyword search just for marijuana and and was reporting them and saying like hey this is a rules violation and they banned him for like six days they gave him like a six-day ban and said that the thing that he did that was wrong or 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 improper was he was quote i forgot what the quote was it was something like revenge uh, reporting. uh revenge reporting yes and unbeknownst to me another person had also sort of started doing similar things where they were just pulling and looking up threads where people were talking about drugs uh uh and that guy also got like a six-day ban and they said revenge reporting it's absolutely clear that this is a bullshit application of the rule i had no warning the 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 you know even Stuart gt i was talking to him on the on the discord publicly and and he said like wait what that's crazy they give you a 30-day ban for one drug reference that's like ridiculous 
30 point 30 point 30 point yeah not a 30 day a forever ban uh and they're like that's absolutely he was like that's absolutely ridiculous and it's like yeah but this is what's happened and uh you know we've got multiple members of frontier in the discord that saw the chat that was going on all day about it where everybody was like what the hell this happened like on tuesday or wednesday everybody's like what the hell and yet it you know has stuck so this is what it is um so again, I think if anything, I don't think that Osric and his little crony buddies could have done a better job of highlighting my point that the elite dangerous forums are an absolute dumpster fire than by doing uh, what they did. It, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, I see Arson had something he wanted to talk about. One thing I want to say is the drug references are within the rating of the game. Uh, Onion Head which many of us know about, is a flower. It is directly analogous to marijuana. And not only is it in the game, but there are many strains of it. So not being able to reference drugs in the elite section seems kind of silly to me. Uh, but the other thing that, that caught my ear on this was the whole revenge reporting thing. Um, I hadn't heard that reasoning before, but I do got a comment. If you're forum staff have to have a policy against revenge reporting that only occurs when it's apparent that admins are, or moderators in this case, are uh, misusing the rules selectively, that's a big red flag that you got a problem. Oh, they, they also have a rule that says you can't question them. I definitely want to highlight the injustice of it, the fact that this is complete bullshit, and uh, but it's not exactly a thing that i'm broken hearted over because like i said the elite dangerous forums are a fucking waste of time anyway so that the, because of the way they're being run they're an absolute dumpster fire in a waste so eh, i'm not gonna really cry myself to sleep over it which uh let's go ahead and jump right along to frontier news for news beyond the game it's frontier news we're going to skip right ahead because everybody knows what you want to see, uh, uh, everything that's going on here. So let's start with the streams. There were two streams. Tuesday, Super Cruise News, uh, number 25 with Zach and Bruce. Didn't really have any news. Thursday, there was a little stream that uh, it definitely had some news in it. Uh, but we're going to cover it actually as the discussion topic. So we're going to skip it just for now. There's links in the, in the show notes to them. But uh, let's jump down to... The Galnet News articles. Uh, how about you start us off with the Galnet, Roy? Yeah, so uh, March 1st, uh, most of these have to do with the, the summit that's going on in Sirius. Um, the Galactic Summit, imperiled by political frictions and a variety of, uh, um, I guess, uh, humorous quotes from different people at the, at the conference uh, espousing different views of what's going on. And of course, they're all contradictory. Um, March 3rd was... Superpowers make progress at the Galactic Summit, so kind of the other <laughs> swung to the other side, and uh, people reporting that maybe maybe something is being done. Um, then uh, a couple came out on uh, March first or March fourth, rather. The first one was the kickoff in lore of the CG for uh, the second week of running uh, defense missions, but also they've added in uh, some delivery mission. Uh, so there's mm -hmm. two different CDs that we'll touch on. CGs that we'll touch on. And then um, 
Like everyone's favorite crazy uncle at Thanksgiving, Archon Delane Gate crashes the Galactic Summit and hilarity ensues. Um, people trying to escape, thinking it's a security threat, and then getting calmed down, and then a lot of uh, puffery around, you know, uh, the how how un, un, uh, <laughs> uncivilized it is to have a character like him at this summit. So some interesting. There, if, there. It was kind of if, funny. Thought. If that wasn't bad enough, I heard that he showed up with a "Make the Galaxy Great Again" hat, and I was like, <laughs> "No, too soon, bro. No." Soon. no. Um, then finally, on the fifth uh, today. Uh, Jupiter Rochester sentenced to life imprisonment. So, I guess mm-hmm. the fallout from him not being able to build his, uh, you know, evil fortress of doom in HIP five four five three zero successfully. Yeah, let's see how long his life imprisonment uh, uh, sentence lasts, because I'm fairly sure that sometime in the next week or so, he's going to accidentally shoot himself in the back of the head 27 times while shaving, and the federal police will investigate the whole thing and rule it a shark accident. Arson, you had something? Yeah, I mean, he's a Rochester. He's probably just going to send a clone. Ooh. Send in the clones. Yeah. So, all right. The Galactic Summit imperiled by political frictions. That's nice little sort of, okay, some stuff back and forth. The superpowers make progress. That's like, oh, it's like, it's one of those, it's in peril. Oh, it's doing better. The defense and delivery requests. Okay. Oh, it's even doing better. Archon shows up. Oh, it's in peril again. It's, this is sort of the middle chapters of this story. This is week two of a week three sort of saga. So, this is sort of what you expect uh, <clears throat> with regard to the Jupiter Rochester sentencing. Like I said, uh, okay, yeah, he's he's not at all going to be Epstein. So uh, nothing to see here, folks. All right, let's talk about those community goals. Let's start with last week's Roy. Yeah, so the one that finished uh, was the first week uh, defense mission by the Federation. Uh, got to tier seven of eight. I know we had some theories about what it meant to have eight eight tiers, so I'm not sure what this means that it got to level seven. They had bumped up the target. Um, so then, you know, we get some paint jobs handed out. Um, and uh, then the next two that kicked off, so the first one is sort of a continuation of the defense mission, this time hosted by the Empire. Uh, people that are in the top ten get a free clipper. Then there's some paint jobs, Cobra Mark Three Acceleration Gold for top 25. A permanent Sirius permit and a Cobra Mark III acceleration white paint job for the top 75. And that one's well underway, already at tier four of eight. And uh, paired with this now, there's a delivery mission feeding the Galactic Summit. Uh, you can deliver uh, meat, coffee, fish, fruit, and vegetables, and wine. And uh, same same rewards, the uh, the clipper and the various uh, paint jobs. That one's proceeding a little slower, but I'm sure that'll that'll get some some steam up too. Last week's got to over 725 billion out of 1.3 trillion. That or 1.28 trillion to be specific. That's crazy. They got over halfway there. We were talking about this and speculating like, hey man, what if this is a three week, you have to get to 1.3 trillion. They're going to keep track of it through the whole thing. And like, let's see whatever thing. And we were like, there's no way that we would be able to even in three weeks hit 1.3 trillion. That's just crazy. Meanwhile, if you look at it, we got more than halfway in the first week. Like if it had been what we were suspecting or, or, or theorizing may be the case, we would be on track to for sure 
complete this damn thing. And to this week's is at already, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, over 6%. It's at like over uh, 82 uh, billion out of 1.3 trillion. Now, obviously, that it's still early in the week in the sense that these things drop on Thursday and it really it picks up on the weekend. Friday night, we're just getting started and then it goes ham Saturday and Sunday. But I mean, last week's I was saying, okay, on Saturday alone, I got to like 50, <clears throat> I don't know, like 55 million or billion, million, million. Uh, I got to like, <laughs> I got to like 55 million. Yeah, I got to like 55 million in bonds on just doing it Saturday. I didn't, I, I always do the same thing. I don't sign up for the CG until a Saturday. And then, cause like Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, like Thursday, Friday, I'm doing stuff, getting ready for the show or whatever. Then Saturday while I'm doing editing stuff for the show and putting up clips and whatever. And, oh, we should talk about that too. in in, in just a minute, but, um, while I'm doing all of that stuff, uh, I sort of just mindlessly run the CG and do combat bonds or haul, do some trucking, whatever. And uh, yeah, I got like 55 million and I'm like, that's plenty. There's no way that, that, you know, I was looking at it and I was like, yeah, this is somewhere around 30, uh, whatever million to be in the top uh, 75%. I'm totally good. I'm fine. And uh, I left and started going back to doing, turning the wheel and doing some engineering stuff and doing other things and as the week progressed as we got to you know tuesday and wednesday it's like holy shit man these guys are really tearing it up and i actually went back on wednesday i went back because i was just afraid like because it was right at where i was going to get knocked into the top 50 percent, and i wanted both the paint jobs uh so i went back and uh just did a little bit more got myself to like 65 million so i was like okay i'm for sure safe now and uh and yeah sure enough i did finish in the top uh 25 so i i uh did you know i i got it but it was nuts that it, it pushed that high it, it got to what the top 75 percent was what um or sorry top 25 percent was 58 million five hundred and two thousand three hundred and seventy five to a hundred and seventeen million so yeah i had to go in and do more otherwise i would have gotten knocked out of that that like big hats off to everybody that was doing that cg you guys really killed it and i think that that's a sign to frontier a couple things number one people like this story and they're interested in it and number two People really wanted those paint jobs, man. It's like, hey, these are cool. These are cool, two funky, cool star paint jobs. This is this is good shit. So people really went after it. With regard to this week's, it's just like last week's where you're gonna get two funky cool star paint jobs. You get the for the Cobra Mark III this time instead of the uh Viper, Viper Mark III. Uh, and the top, just like before, the top 10 commanders, not 10%, just 10 commanders are going to get uh, a uh, Imperial Clipper for free. Again, uh, continuing on from last week, like the core, what is it, core dynamics and like basically like the big manufacturers for the Empire, the Federation and the Alliance, Lacon, Core Dynamics, and I think Gudamaya all have their ships at like an extra 10% off on top of sales that you can get anywhere else. So if you go 
to a Lee Henry system where it's 15% off already and use the extra 10% that's going on during the summit, you can get ships right now for 25% off, which means it's 25% less rebuy every time you, uh, you know, you do that. And yeah, I, I'm wondering about that, Roy. The, the guys, <clears throat> if you're one of the top 10 commanders from last week and you won a free fast, can you please go kill yourself and tell us? Hey, is that a zero rebuy or is that a, a, a augmented adjusted rebuy? Is there, you know, uh, what's the deal with that? Because I would, I would like to know. I would really like to, like, I, I, I want to know. Uh, that I think everybody's been curious, like, what was the deal with that free fast? Was it really free or was it subsidized? Because if it's subsidized, then you still have to pay the rebuy every time you just got it for free. If it was really free, if it's a free hull, that means you can die over and over and over on a fast with, you know, the only thing you pay for is your modules. That's crazy. They'll get those that's ships crazy. tomorrow. So that's when the first they'd know they get delivered. And, 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 you know, I'm not being a shitty person when I say, you know, kill yourself. So we know, but like, I mean, any, everyone's going to ask like for science, I'm sure if you're one of those 10 guys, that's going to be the first thing you want to do is, you know, Sell all your bonds, turn in all your cartographic data, sell everything. Don't outfit the ship with any kind of good modules at all. Just use the stock ship that you got and go fly directly into the ground as hard as possible with the shields turned off because you want to know, hey, man, is this a free haul for forever unlimited rebuys or is this a subsidized? Because that's a big, big question. It's a first in elite dangerous history that I know of. And everybody really, really wants to know about that. Um, hop in, uh, Roy and then and then arson yeah you just answered the question i i was bringing up i think arson had a few go for it arson uh so the ship may be free but the modules on it won't be so you'll still have to pay a rebuy of course that's what i just said i said uh, but but I'm sorry you no no i said your ship your hull is free the only thing you'll be paying for is the small amount for the modules but your modules are free too if you use the the actual hull that they give you. So the first guy to do it, if you just take the ship without upgrading anything and you just take all of your E-rated bullshit modules and fly right into the ground, if it's a free hull, then that's free too, right? Uh, I'm sure you said that those ships are going out tomorrow. I'm sure there will be somebody making a Reddit post sometime around, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday or, or, or Monday or whatever. There'll be a Reddit post soon with people racing to say, I'm the first one that answered it for science. And yeah, or you can check the right hand panel. Uh, you know, that also works. You can see what your rebuy amount is. That's true. Sword being all smart and whatnot. One of our producers in the in the green room typing some fucking obvious answer that I'm too stupid to get until somebody mentions it to me. Uh, but yeah, so cool stuff on this CG. And again, the big thing is, you know, will Burger Ant be able to rescue his princess Ashling? That's what I want to know. That's the big news for me out of this summit. Um, and and then for real, for real, the big news is when is Theta 7 going to show up to the party? We had already one gate crasher. I'm waiting for another one, but a little more explosive and a little less looking like a young Ron Perlman. So. Um, yeah exciting stuff there's five days left get out there get your little star paint jobs for a cobra and get your get your clipper if you're one of the 10 no lifers that are going to do that to where you get it's like yeah i turned in by myself three billion in credit so i get a free clipper and it's like okay you're almost on your way to a fucking fleet carrier but okay um 
which takes us to the uh, Frontier Wednesday Ask Me Anything, which they've stopped doing, which takes us to the Frontier Friday Question and Answers, which they didn't do, which takes us to Roy Stories. We now return to our Inara Commander series with the logbooks of Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 2, When Justice is Gone, There's Always Force. If it was an Ultra or Spessa, came Cal's voice from somewhere in the depths of the galley. Ultra, I need the kick, I replied. We were back at Harvestport after our sojourn in LHS-3447 with its side trip to deliver an aquarium full of endangered fish. Delivering the fish to the buyer had thankfully gone smoothly once we'd got rid of Customs Chief Richardson and his merry little band. We never did meet the buyer, but the deposit of three-quarters of a million credits within minutes of making the drop did at least show he or she appreciated the swift and safe delivery of their hallucinogen-making fish. The return home had been uneventful, and now I was in the understated luxury of the William F. McCoy's living room, just taking a break and catching up with what had been going on while we'd been away. I flicked through the local news on the datapad. War in LP772-71, read the first headline. The aristocrats of LP772-71 have declared war against the East India Company. Cal, war's broken out. Eh? In LP772-71, the aristocrats are apparently... I read the article a little longer. Attacking the company, looking to eject us from the system. Check for call-ups, came the reply. It would be inevitable. The missions office would be full of requests for EIC combat missions. No doubt there would be an all-hands request. Cal returned bearing coffee and collapsed into the seat beside me, looking at the screen. Yeah, we've to report to the mission office as soon as possible, I said, handing him the data pad. The coffee was scalding and tasted awful like a mix of engine oil and wood chippings. Requashian Ultra coffee was clearly an acquired taste, and I still hadn't acquired it. It did sharpen the mind. I could feel the effects in seconds. EIC Missions Office, Harvestport. Glad to see you guys back. Come in. Beckoned Andrea Kruger, one of the missions officers at Harvestport. I liked her. I got on with her well, and she seemed pretty forgiving of my occasional errors in judgment. She always seemed to have a relaxed demeanor, even when things weren't going to plan. She'd been with the company for decades, yet her olive skin and dark hair didn't really show her real age, despite the stress you might expect from having to administer missions for dozens of recalcitrant and often arrogant pilots. I think I have just the mission for you, she said, looking down at the paperwork on her screen. We need a transport in support of the war effort in LP-771-72. And it seems like you have quite a reputation for low observability missions. Low observability missions? I inquired carefully. Smuggling, she explained with a hint of amusement. Ah, okay. Wondering where this was leading next. Unfortunately, it's need-to-know, and regrettably, I'm deemed not need-to-know. So, there's an urgent transport mission. They apparently need to make some modifications to your cargo bay, but that's all it says. I gave Cal a sideways glance and looked back. Modifications? 
No details, I'm afraid, but your clipper apparently is suitable. If you accept, the work can start immediately and will be ready within two hours. And the pay? 100k. This is done for honor more than money, so don't try and haggle more money out of me. She said, shooting a glance at Cal, who was about to say something. He obviously thought better of it. I passed my ident over the reader. Very good. You'll be notified when your ship's ready. Don't go far. They'll want to launch within 30 minutes of the work being completed. You'll be briefed by the mission specialists assigned to the job. She said, looking down. Which is... Captain Frank Smith. Thank you, ma'am. We left the mission's office and headed out to the canteen. Low observability deliveries, I muttered. They've got a euphemism for everything in that office. Meanwhile, conversation turned to the impending ascension ceremony in Sintani. You still need to see a tailor, you know. Yeah, I said, slightly resigned. Don't grumble. The extra money we've got from the aquarium job will pay for a very nice outfit. You may even get to meet Tuva herself. So you've got to look good. Trust me. Appearances mean everything in these big imperial ceremonies. I can tell you that firsthand. Kind of nervous about the whole thing. I'm just a bit worried about making some tremendous faux pas and then having Oppenheimer murder me as a consequence. Uh, just be polite. Channel your imperial side. Yeah, so you keep saying. Really, relax a bit. It'll be a fantastic networking opportunity. There will be all sorts of big cheeses there. And if you get one or two of them to remember you for the right reasons, it'll open up some new doors. Or slam them in my face if I make... A faux pas, yeah. We arrived in the canteen. It was busy and most of the tables were already full. And you'll have to get a haircut. Cal added with what I thought was a malevolent tone, but it could have just been the noise in the canteen. You can hardly go with it. Unkempt mop, however sexy you may think it may be. You'll be telling me I have to look like Denton Petraeus next, I said slightly sarcastically. Seemed to be lost on Cal. Uh, that'd be a good starting point. Fancy hairstyles and tailored suits. I never thought those things would ever happen to me when I left Azaban what seemed a lifetime ago. I might have hated Azaban, but it did somehow have a strange attachment to my heritage, and part of me resisted erasing that part of my identity. In the end, I didn't dwell on it long. There was curry to eat and a mission to run, whatever that mission would end up being. Right on. All right, I want to toast uh, the crew for yet another amazing Roy stories. And I also, let me take this opportunity to mention the fact that we've been doing clips uh, pretty much every day this last week. We started Elite Week Highlight Clips where... We put out little bite-sized pieces of the show that people can kind of see and like, oh, on this topic or that topic. Because a lot of times if people don't know you and they see like, oh, you got a two and a half hour long stream, they're not going to want to hop in. But if you have a five minute thing and then they like it and then another seven minute thing and they like it and then another three minute thing and then they like it, eventually they're like, man, I want to hear that whole show. I want the two hour experience. So that is the point of that. And I'm going to toss it over to Roy, where he can tell you a little bit about what's going on with Roy stories now. Yeah. So we've got a lot of requests for like, where can I go find these, um, these stories? Uh, and of course they're in the podcast version and the YouTube version of the show. But now, in addition to the clips being broken out into their own, their own, um, YouTube videos, uh, we're now also breaking out the Roy stories, 
uh, under the Elite Week banner on the same channel. But you'll be able to look up just the Roy stories as you know from basically last week's show forward. Absolutely. So Roy stories are going to drop uh, separately as a highlight, basically every Saturday at 10 a.m. So I've already uploaded this week's Roy story and have it going so that at 10 a.m. tomorrow it'll drop for people that are like, oh yeah, and they have their own little channel too. So if you miss three weeks, four weeks, eight weeks, whatever, you can always come back from now on going forward, starting last week and this week and the weeks going forward, you can go back and just check out the uh you know uh what do you call it? Roy stories and 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 enjoy those. So that takes us to basically our discussion topics. Now, <clears throat> right off the bat, let's talk about, we, we just have one discussion topic tonight, and that is the uh, gameplay video. That you can see it actually on the screen right now. It, it happens to be up, and you see it playing. And, and uh, I'm going to go through my analysis of it with, you know, time point by, by time point. This is going to take a little bit after that. We're going to open it up to everyone to discuss, you know, hey, what did you think? What did you like? What did you notice? And if they have time points, and then we'll just go sort of round table and just discuss it in general. <clears throat> so the intro to the first like 50 seconds was David Braben. Always, always awesome to see David Braben. Huge thumbs up. We love David Braben. So yeah, uh, at a minute and one seconds, there's a pretty little planet. Love Dr. K's work. Love that planet tech. The planet is Ville C4, and if you notice, the pilot, who is being voiced by, if not played by, Art, is wanted. Let's cut to a minute and 12 seconds. Proceed to landing pad 1, which is in the dirt, and slow down for auto-dock. It says it on the screen. Slow down for auto-dock. So you now have the auto-dock place uh, uh, opportunity uh, at, this, at this location, which has a landing pad in the dirt. Now, if you notice... The pilot is now not wanted, indicating that for some reason, in the first 12 seconds of this thing, they needed to make an edit, even though it was just a guy flying up to a planet. Um, but something's happened there. There's an edit there. <clears throat> uh, at a minute and 16 seconds, the guy auto-docks onto pad one. And if you notice on the actual HUD, you saw that the planet was 0.31 gravity. Now, there's been a lot of talk from content creators saying that he requested docking and then didn't land on the pad. He landed on the dirt using auto dock. So now we're getting dirt side auto dock, you know, as just a thing. Like you can slow down anywhere on any planet and you can use your auto dock and it'll find a landing place for you. This is not accurate. Uh, this was, I'm going to put up a picture on the screen control. This was a picture that was provided by Arson where he jigged up a little thing showing how the docking works and that the guy is, in fact, on pad one. Can you throw it up on the screen real quick, Arson? Or uh, Roy? Or Jesus. Control? Try again. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I see it. So you can see right there <clears throat> that there's a landing light on the bottom middle picture. You can see where the pad one, which I, I assume that this little place only has pad one, or maybe because there's an entrance on the left and an entrance on the right, maybe pad two is on the other side. But you can see that even though he's coming in from the side, where he actually lands is on a landing pad. So let's dispense with that because, uh, Arson, you pointed that out. So many content creators have said like, hey, you can just use your auto dock to land anywhere on the planet now. And that's clearly not the case. And Eagle Eye Roy or Eagle Eye Arson 
rather is not going to let that shit go. So get in on this, Arson. Come on in. Yeah. So the thing that actually made me catch it, as you can see, the three uh, circles lined up with each other is the satellite dish specifically. Um, and it does not rotate. And that part is clearly visible when the uh, ship, you got the cockpit view while it's idling, uh, touch down. The satellite dish is right in front of it from the cockpit view and it does not rotate at all. Right. So you you have that beautiful point of reference that's available from all three or four of these shots and it just straight up confirmation hands down. And, and of course the landing light cinches it. There's no way that you would have landing light pads around what is not a landing light. Also, you can see the fact that in the pictures up at the top, it very clearly shows the pad is a massive thing that is directly abutting the central, you know, straight uh, uh, up next to the gate right through the arch. And again, in the bottom picture, you see the arch is straight ahead of you. So that's sort of, if you look, that's sort of where it would have to be. There's nothing, there's nothing else that you could have there. So yeah, uh, Arson caught that. And I would say what I've seen like five or six different content creator videos where they've said like, and here you could use your docking computer when you're not even on a landing pad. And it's like, nope, he's on a landing pad. So good catch Arson. Uh, <clears throat> after that, we've got, there's an edit cut that skips the troop egress from the ship. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a situation where they don't want to show us or they don't have it ready. They, I think, um, I don't know, we'll leave it to you to decide which one it is. But now at a minute and 25 seconds, keep in mind, nine seconds ago, we saw from the landing from the landed ship that it shows that the gravity is 0.31 outside. Now the gravity is 0.49. But it looks like it's a similar latitude and longitude. So either A, they edited this to two different planets, or B, for some reason they landed and then said, okay, we need the the, the gravity to be different for what we're doing. So hey, QA guys, edit that gravity. That's uh that's different. Now you will notice that there's hollow triangles showing the the cohort ahead of them, even though they don't have a weapon drawn. So I guess if you are armed. It's a triangle. If you're not armed, it's a square. I don't know what the deal with that is, but even though the guy was jogging with his hands at his side and his, you know, his rifle slung over his shoulder, it showed as a hollow triangle, which is normally for ship purposes only when weapon is drawn. Um, <clears throat> there's a good sort of left side HUD indicators. Uh, it, it shows uh, the uh, in-ship icon. So that's how in in you know you're going to have your wing indicators how you normally have them in the top center when you're in the ship here as you can see on the video you clearly have them on the left side and as you can see the one guy is indicated as being in the ship uh hermes uh which is played by art and that guy is you know you see a little ship indicator i, I wonder if there's a little srv one because they didn't show us anything with srvs we don't know yet but it'll be interesting to see at a minute and 33 seconds there's a clear shot of circe which is being played by zach the female character in a scavenging suit with one rifle uh, a machine gun on the right shoulder. At a minute and 34 seconds, there's a clear shot of Nestor being played by Bruce, a male in a combat suit. And you know that this is a combat suit because in addition to other things, it has two rifles. Uh, there's one slung over each shoulder. At the two minute mark, 
despite the fact that uh, they had already said when they landed that they're not wanted uh, and they're completely allowed to be there, Zach and Bruce proceed to be awkward as fuck with some special ed version of Mission Impossible trying to like be super stealth while running around and ducking behind boxes and and it's kind of a little crazy because less than five feet away from them are numerous skimmers that are clearly monitoring their every move. So just imagine like if you're a bank security guard, it's like if somebody wanted to come in and rub the bank, they could walk right up to the door like they're just ho-hum coming into the bank and then open it up and then like, this is a robbery. Like imagine if they went into the office and they got Michael Scott or for you British people, they got David Brent and and dwight in in the american version i forget the british guy's name but imagine if the two of those guys are trying to be like some ninjas and they're like oh, i'm hiding i'm ducking and the bank guards just watching them come up the street like what are these two fucking idiots doing that's kind of what it seemed like to me um and through the whole thing they're trying to like i said be super stealth and super black ops with their you know okay clear to the left clear to the right ignored the fucking three camera drones four feet above us that are just following our every move and like recording it um so uh two minutes and 21 seconds um art flies off uh the cockpit shows again that it's for the world and universe that art inhabits it's 0.31 g's at two minutes and 45 seconds bruce targets a patrol guard uh bringing up the name it says ricardo gentry over the name or gentry and it has a one indicator probably this is his access level uh for the scanning mechanic where you can spoof the npc's ident and get access to the zone of their access level uh there's also a down chevron probably indicating the ability to expand the info available for that npc or maybe giving you like okay here are the options if you want to try to you know use your whatever hacking tool to spoof his ident or whatever but there was some more available there i think on that scanning menu that we they didn't access so we didn't get to see <clears throat> at uh the two minute and 48 second mark we've got uh let's see here the obligatory med supply box there's a label that indicates medical case interact the blue console x button indicator so either zach or sorry bruce was playing on a console or more likely bruce was playing on a pc that had an xbox controller attached to it and so he was getting like he was playing using his xbox controller so he was getting like you know x to interact and that's you know that's sort of what he was doing um the blue interact button showed that he, you know, he takes two of the med kits, taking him to three of five. So he had one already. There was no inventory interaction shown. At three minutes and 16 seconds, as the two least stealth people in the history run from cover to cover in full line of sight of the floor to ceiling command structure windows uh, with a sentry to the left uh, and two to the right and a sentry drone a few feet away watching their every move uh they move to get uh we get a clear uh view of zach pov and uh, from zach's pov rather that shows that bruce has a laser rifle on the left arm and a kinetic submachine gun with or sorry a kinetic what looks to be like a saw like a squad assault weapon on his right arm uh, and it appears to have the grenade launcher attached uh, zach appears to have a submachine gun on his as his lone rifle at three minutes and 23 seconds 
what appears to be a propped open ammo box uh, close to the left and a suspicious red uh, in every FPS game ever. This is the canister that will explode look to it uh, w- on, on the you know upper left. And our two secret squirrel ninjas completely turn their back on the sentry at their six and proceed to stealth toward the other uh, the power building in full line of sight of the the sentry that's about oh i don't know 50 yards away and walking towards them so facing them their position from the building across from them again uh there's floor to ceiling windows from the command structure just everything right there clearly this fps is built upon some metal gear solid sort of limited range of sight circles so it's one of those not like how in ghost recon or whatever if they're facing towards you and you're close enough that they can see you and you can see their body like they'll trigger towards you as opposed to this is i think the metal gear solid sort of it's got to be in your little circle that's the circle of the because for whatever reason bad guys can only see for like 50 yards and then in that 50 yard circle they have their cone and that's the cone that that sweeps around where they're facing but they don't notice anything sort of outside of that um let's see here of course there is also just the possibility that the guards like hey look at those two fucktards but he they're not wanted and they're allowed to be there so he's just watching them do what they do that's also a possibility um at three minutes and 30 seconds the super secret squirrels pan right and search for the guards completely ignoring the sentry drone five feet away from them directly following him doing just watching everything he says or does rather at three minutes and 37 seconds exact same the drone is clearly following them thinking what are these assholes doing uh luckily they aren't even trespassing so this whole mission impossible routine is sort of just cringe role play and the drone decides to let them just keep playing until they do something illegal at three minutes and 43 seconds Zach says i'm sprinting over i don't know maybe there is a you know obviously there's a walk mechanic obviously there's a run command mechanic maybe there's also a sprint like a short-term boost that takes some extra stamina that we haven't seen yet but it's interesting three minutes and 47 seconds our ninjas arrive at the door that they could have just casually walked up to with absolutely no difference. The door is clearly indicated with a bright red access panel, and right below it is a zone indicator showing uh, that it's, uh, or sorry, on the panel, uh, it shows that there's a zone indicator showing that it's uh, a level three access zone. Right underneath that is a um, mechanic, like an electronics panel that you can cut through. So there's two ways that you can get through this door. You can defeat this barrier by either A, hacking it through the panel, or B, going underneath the data terminal panel into the electronic access panel and cutting it open so that you can overload whatever the system. They choose sort of option B. Zach looks through the glass pane for the door and identifies there's two workers inside of the power building. And we see also on the compass that Art is directly on their heading. Uh, So he's basically straight ahead of where they're facing, but he's 2.61 kilometers away, just on the other side of the hill. Um, It cuts at 3 minutes and 58 seconds to Art's cockpit view, which confirms what I just said by the fact that he's still got the munition hubs targeted, and it's about 2.5 kilometers away. Um, At 4 minutes and 3 seconds, Zach deploys the Art cutter tool which is it clearly shows that it's in cutting mode 
on the red panel of electronics box directly underneath the uh, uh, power plant access zone three sign. So as I said before, it's clear here that you have two ways to get through the panel. They're going, they're, they're not hacking. They're avoiding the hacking and going with the, you know, cut through the torch and go through the electronics panel version. At four minutes and eight seconds, when hovering the uh, arc cutter over the panel, you get an interaction notice labeling it as maintenance panel and that the indicator on it has the exact same symbol as the arc cutter symbol, clearly indicating, even if you don't speak English, you know, this thing needs this tool to defeat it. Um, he proceeds to cut the panel off, which looks actually very nicely done. I suspect that this is just hit the key, hit the, the, the button, hit the E button to interact, and it just, like, you know, you hold it down for a second or two, and then it cuts a perfect square uh, or, or, you know, uh, uh, rectangle where the, where the panel is, uh, instead of having you automatically trace the line. Cause that seemed that it was fairly perfect and, 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 you know, perfectly straight lines done at four minutes and 21 seconds. First ever seen never before mentioned tool, the energy link. So Zach holsters his arc cutter and pulls out another tool, which we don't know, maybe the energy link. I think the, I suspect the energy link is not unique to the scavenger tool that it's actually anybody, but it might be a second tool that is unique to the uh, scavenger button. We, we, we'll have to find out later, but it's exciting that they showed us a brand new, another tool that they've never even mentioned before. Now it's in siphon mode first when he draws it. And then Zach, uh, swaps it to overload mode. And that does give him a clear illegal indicator saying like, hey man, like overloading shit, that's, that's, you're causing damage, you're attacking a property that's illegal. So, um, <clears throat> Zach executes the overload command and a loading bar appears over the panel showing that the over overloading process with a percentage complete indicator. After three or four seconds, it, it shows that, uh, the bar is complete, and then at the end of the cycle, there's a discharge, uh, like an electric like lightning bolt that shoots from the energy link to the power port, uh, and the power port goes dead, and now it's listed as overloaded, and the outer door opens. You can clearly see a blue force shield on the inside of that airlock, which is keeping the building pressurized, as well as uh, a sort of a police tape style entering restricted area line so it's like saying hey man you go past this and that's when you're trespassing up until this you're allowed to do funky shit but when you do this this is this is illegal this is no no at four minutes and 39 seconds zach holsters his energy link and draws a pistol um that is a 15 shot magazine and uh he has 12 spare mags on him with no grenades in his inventory his power level is down to 53 percent at this point and he still has no shields on. He's been operating shieldless thus far, which was fine because they weren't doing anything illegal. So they weren't in any combat. Um, at four minutes and 45 seconds, he says at that point, like, I'm going in. I got to take these guys out. <clears throat> but four minutes and 45 seconds, he scans a worker named Fatima Rowland, who has access level three credentials, which makes sense because she's working in an access level three building. Uh, before neutralizing her with a double tap, he fires one shot into her back and then the next shot into the back of her head. Clearly visible on the left side is a hackable terminal for the power core. Clearly visible on the right side is a hackable terminal for the controlling life support 
that can vent the atmosphere from the building. Now, for for uh, those people that are sort of watching the the thing that are saying like, how can you tell clearly accessible computer terminals like nodes? Because they they all operate on the same thing. Every time you have these hackable computer access terminals, it's it's a it's like a red rectangle data terminal. There's one on the door. There's one for the power terminal. There's one for the access thing. It's a it's a similar style. So for people that are new to FPS games, that might be saying like, how do you know that this is that? That's a key indicator. They make the things sort of look the same, so that all of the doors. You know, the door panels have a certain look to them. And if you notice, uh, obviously red is the interact color that they're going with here because the, um, you know, green can be pick up some supply boxes, but red is the you're going to interact with this because you've got the, the you know, the red door panel, the red electronic access panel, the red core panel, the red, all of these are the exact same. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's pick pick up the pace here. Four minutes and 48 seconds. Bruce draws a laser rifle with a 25-round mag and 11 spare mags. These aren't really mags. These are circular batteries, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'm going to call them mags because they power a rifle. Um, and he has zero grenades. As seen before on the four stills provided in the HUD, his sights are a little different from Zach's pistol because Zach was targeting a person, whereas Bruce wasn't targeting anyone. Uh, now that Fatima is neutralized, her name appears a different color. So that, I guess, lets you know that she's dead. Um, at four minutes and 55 seconds, bounty gain 250 credits for the murder of Fatima Rowland. This confirms that it was a hard kill. Uh, now we, you know, we see, I believe all the indicators on the screen at the same time on the left side, you've got at the top, your radar, just underneath that is your wing indicator. So like the different people in your party and what, what their situation is, um, below that are your icons for your suit. And your your gear, you know, so Zach is still running with his shield off uh, in active combat. That's ballsy. Uh, the top middle is your compass and your temperature, grav, lat, long indicators. Your top right is your system notices. So he sees that he has a bounty gained. The far right uh, is your, your log showing alert, trespass logged, leave area to avoid sanctions. Uh, and then the center of your screen floating onto the weapon is your munitions indicators. <clears throat> that is the full screen. I think right there is the whole shebang. That's everything you can see all in one shot. At four minutes and 56 seconds, you've got a crystal clear shot of a hackable data terminal that regulates the building atmosphere. Zach is now currently not targeting anyone and his screen radical you know, matches what Bruce just did earlier. At four minutes and 58 seconds, Zach shoots the second worker. While the name is still scanning, uh, he shoots them in the leg. And then as they tumble down, he gives them a second body shot and you see bounty gain, 600 credits for trespassing. Uh, it appears in the top right hand side, and then assigned bounty for trespassing appears in the chat log. As she falls dying, her name finally appears on the scan, and an update for a bounty gain, 250 credits for murder of Scout Harper, appears in the top right. So for people keeping score at home, he just murdered two people for a 500 credit bounty, and he's trespassing for a 600 credit bounty. So, yeah, go figure. Five minutes and 13 seconds. Zach, right. I'm going to hack into the reactor now. Spoiler alert, he's not. They skip that gameplay loop entirely with the following words. Applying e-breach now. So on screen, 
you see the red hackable data terminal with the words reactor core engaged, then uh, a schematic of the core, and then underneath it in red, disengage regulator level three. At five minutes and 14 seconds, so just one second later, without even holstering the weapon, Zach applies that e-breach, which instantly turns the panel blue with a uh, slower loading bar in the center of it. And an interact menu pops up at the top right corner of the panel indicating reactor console, hacking, interact, hack, apply e-breach, four of one, which I surmise means that Zach has four e-breaches on him and defeating this console requires one of them. Um, <clears throat> Bruce reloads at this point at five minutes and 18 seconds, despite not having engaged in any combat thus far. So that's the magic of editing. Uh, at five minutes and 22 seconds, the blue reactor core terminal now turns green, indicating that the access node has been defeated. The interact key for Zach is an E, so that indicates to me that he's playing mouse and keyboard. Zach hits the E key, and instantly the reactor core gets an exclamation warning sign, and just above it appears a flashing warning shutting down alert. The lighting in the room changes, and the alarms all go off, both in the room and around the base, uh, indicating, you know, to all of the guards that there's a problem and they're, you know, they're on their way in. <clears throat> Bruce now shows at 93% power reserves as he scans for attackers at 5 minutes and 39 seconds. At 5 minutes and 40 seconds, Zach is at 52% power as he awaits the shutdown cycle. 5 minutes and 45 seconds, as he looks around the building, uh, and, and I've got to say that Frontier did a fucking superb job on this the internals the set piece the audio the the warning klaxons the different alert alert and the signs and the lights and the, the power core and all of this shit just phenomenal fantastic i love it zach comes across two med kits on the wall uh and again his interact screen shows take med kit zero of three e so you know again he's he's hitting e to pick up the stuff that's how you're going to do it on mouse and keyboard whereas controller you hit your little X button on your Xbox controller. Um, what follows? Oh, well, at five minutes and 49 seconds, Bruce spots guards approaching. They have shields up, making them glow bright blue, like you have a some kind of weird predator vision. Um, he has magically replenished the laser energy he fired at nothing earlier and is back up to 25 shots loaded with uh 300 reserve and zero grenades what follows is an absolute goat rope of a firefight uh in which ammo and shield amounts go up and down like a stripper on a pole there's ridiculously bad tactics used including zach firing through the position that his squad mate is standing at to try to get at enemies in the far distance behind him um, Bruce firing downrange at targets more than 50 meters away while ignoring the close quarters attacker five feet away from him with a weapon drawn aimed right at him. Also ignoring the fact that the other shoulder he has slung a squad assault style machine gun that also appears to have a grenade launcher attached. Nobody, neither the NPC nor the community managers playing, have a fucking clue what the term cover means or covering fire. The NPCs walk straight up to you uh, 
aimed right at you, but still wait an extra five or six seconds to pull the trigger. At six minutes and 14 seconds, at around this point, Art asks, how much longer on the power plant? And Zach responds, it's about 40% complete, six minutes and 24 seconds. So 10 seconds later, and it's gone from being 40% complete. And now, while Bruce just stands two feet away uh, to the right of perfectly good covering wall, out in the open, taking dozens of direct body shots from every angle, we now see that Zach is magically at full power. So he's gone up from 52% power to full power with his shields up and charging up. And he announces that they're about three quarters of the way done. He calls for Art to start coming back as he blindly fires through Bruce again, trying to aim at people in the background. Uh, I don't think he hit an NPC. I think he actually did clip Bruce once. So there's that. At six minutes and 32 seconds, Bruce's shields and energy levels are both magically going up now. Um, Circe, which is played by uh, Zach, doesn't even have a shield on again. Somehow he's turned it off again, even though they're in the middle of a firefight. Now Zach has, at 6 minutes and 36 seconds, Zach has shields on again at full power. Uh, his suit is at full power. And uh, we hear reaction shutdown in 10 seconds, clearly as a recorded voice in the background. At 6 minutes and 45 seconds, the reactor uh, completes shutdown and the power goes off inside the building as Zach puts on his flashlight. At 6 minutes and 52 seconds, despite the fact that he has six enemies clumped up right outside the door, none of which thought to toss in a grenade or kill both the, you know, to kill both of Bruce and, and Zach, Bruce ignores the fact that he has a machine gun with a grenade launcher and he keeps pew-pewing with his laser, laser rifle to negligible effect. At 6 minutes and 56 seconds, Zach grabs the exposed reactor regulator through interacting with the reactor regulator take, eat, hit your E-key button. And he now has a full battery. Bruce is at zero shield and half health due to not understanding the concept of cover. Uh, at 7 minutes and 1 second, so 5 seconds later... Having nicked the reactor regulator and two, the two community managers proceed to run through a six-man kill funnel right at the door at the airlock entrance of the building, and then into and through a 14-man kill funnel with five men directly behind them, they literally were taking direct fire fully exposed with no cover from 270 degrees of angle, and somehow, despite this fact, they charge right through, uh, or despite the fact that as they run right through here, when they started this charge, Bruce was at 2% shield before they even left the building. They magically jog right through like Superman, ignoring all of the enemy fire. <clears throat> Eight seconds later, at seven minutes and nine seconds, in a brilliant display of tactical prowess, Bruce rocket jetpack jumps up to just to ensure that he has no chance of getting cover from any angle as everyone just keeps shooting at him. But he's now at 71% battery and magically at 100% shield, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. 11 seconds later, uh, 7 minutes and 21 seconds in, Art with a cockpit view. I'm coming down low and fast. Now, despite the fact that Art has previously called out that there are uh, close air support ships, two close air support ships that are flying a combat air patrol over the munitions depot, um, they don't in any way engage with the intruders or art, anybody. They just kind of fly around in circles. 
um, they're literally showing up as 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 solid squares. They don't even have weapons drawn. They just kind of keep flying around in circles. At seven minutes and twenty five seconds, Zach continues to ignore his rifle and use his pistol, uh, it, it, despite the fact he's got a machine gun, and he's using his pistol to fire at targets that are thirty to one hundred meters away or more. Uh, at seven minutes and 35 seconds, both community managers seem to believe that the optimal tactic is to stand in the middle of a doorway, ensure that there's no cover at all, uh, they can use whatsoever, and magically their shields keep going up. At seven minutes and 43 seconds, a grenade is thrown right at Bruce's feet <clears throat> while he's standing in a three-meter-wide walkway of a reinforced barricade. The blast literally has nowhere to go but through him, but our plucky community manager both survives and decides that this is still the perfect place to stand while he shoots at everyone that has a direct line of sight on him. At 7 minutes and 46 seconds, now in addition to the troops taking direct fire uh, from a Goliath drone that locks onto them and just lights them up on their position, uh, keep in mind, these things can kill a small to medium ship fairly quickly, uh, but our intrepid community managers take it and sort of just run and stagger and look back and keep running and then stagger and uh, while they basically have the equivalent of three 50 cal machine guns firing directly into their bodies. Uh, let's see here. At 8 minutes and 15 seconds, you clearly see a blue load ship icon here uh, on the ground under the ship as the boys run for it. Um, and it edits to, you know, they edit before the fade to black get on the ship uh, part would occur. At 8 minutes and 22 seconds, Zach, all right, I'm on board. And so is the regulator. Art takes off because fuck Bruce, I guess. But uh, the good news is that Bruce won't be lonely because you can clearly see on the radar the two hollow squares. Uh, Bruce is still down there with Zach. They never got on the ship despite saying that they would. And magically, Bruce is back in his 0.31 gravity planet as opposed to the 0.49 gravity planet that the people five feet below him are on. So that's the breakdown point by point by point. Now, let me sort of give my overview thoughts and then we'll round table this shit. Uh, I know this has been long, but I just want to get this out. I think this is a huge step in the right direction, showing us something, right? Up until now, they showed us nothing. This was edited as holy fuck, but it's something. So we have some ideas, some concepts, some things that we can pull from this. I wonder, as they said both, they said twice, they named two specific people that they're, they're QA testers that they were like, these people helped us to get this footage or whatever. So like those people, maybe when all these edits were going on, they were pausing and doing God mode and changing the gravity on planets. And how many times did those people need to like, oop, there's a bug, oop, the game crashed, oop, whatever, and like stop, edit here, now let's fix it, now let's whatever. I. I wonder because this footage was so fucking edited. It was like a, it was, it was like a, a I don't know, like a Britney Spears video. It's like, it, 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 you, it's hard to tell what we're actually seeing in this. So, you know, essentially how much editing magic was needed was because of there's problems with the gameplay or whatever and how much of it was just because whoever it was that was playing the characters and it it may have been the community manager's team but i think it's just as likely that it was you know three randos playing those things while the community managers did voiceover work uh after the fact but like how much of this was because the game had problems and how much of this because the the 
people involved clearly suck at playing the game, which if I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not mad at them for that. If it's just that the community managers suck at the game, this is something we've all known for a long time. It's no big deal. Whatever. That's, that doesn't bother me. If it's, we have to keep editing it because shit was crashing. Okay. That's concerning. Um, so number three, they did show the plasma cutter and the energy link tool, which is new, which that's awesome. But they skipped hacking entirely using this e-breach. Is that because hacking wasn't ready? Because they had the chance to hack at the door, they didn't use it. They used the cutter. They had the chance to hack at the terminal, they didn't use it. They used the e-breach. And later in the talk that they did, they explained an e-breach is an expensive thing that you can use as sort of like a, 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 a an I-win key. But like in general, they're the, the e-breaches are expensive and you don't really use them in general. You're just going to hack the terminal. Okay, so you had two opportunities to show us that gameplay loop, and you didn't. So, like, is it because it's not ready, or do you? Is it maybe for maybe it's ready? Maybe they have it ready, and but they just have some future thing that they want to show off with it, super exciting. So, like, it's it's not necessarily bad. It's just a question mark. Why aren't you showing us this? Um, so <clears throat> that takes us to point four. At the evac phase, they ran right through the center of two separate kill funnels with dozens of NPCs shooting them from cover with no apparent consequences. Now, is this that they had, you know, the FPS gameplay that you, they had in mind? Because if so, they're literally tacking on shit tier FPS on top of an amazing game. Like Elite Dangerous is an amazing game. The flight mechanics of Elite Dangerous are fucking incredible. The science in behind Elite Dangerous is fucking incredible. The one-to-one recreation of the galaxy is fucking incredible. And basically, you're tacking on the flappy birds of FPS onto a pre-existing masterpiece and saying, now it's double the game. So Let's look at that thought. This could be one of three things. Number one, the AI is actually good and it slaughtered these bad playing community managers over and over and over and they edited it because they wanted to put out a story. That's the best case scenario. If that's the case, we're good. No problems. I'm happy. Our CMs suck at playing the game, but we we knew that already. That The game is still good. That's So long as I can play the game well, that's fine. Number two, option number two, the AI is dog shit, but it's a super old version and it's already been fixed by now. Now, for the record, Art has already made a comment because people have taken the, the people have already seen what I've seen on this and said, hey man, this AI is dog shit. And Art has already responded, oh yeah, yeah, that's an old, super old version of the AI. It's better now. In which case, like, why show that off? Why would you show us that? Because if you're, if you're, Intent is to get us excited. That's just some really incompetent, ma- like like PR or marketing of to like, yeah, we're going to show you this really shitty thing and then tell you, no, no, it's better now. And then the third option is the AI is sort of dog shit, but they've decided to let it be that way because they're trying to like not make it too hard for the forum dads who don't play FPS games but want to like get into this one a little bit. Um scariest of the three options because if that's the case then with frontier saying we're going to try to attract a bunch of new fps players if you show fps players uh you know sort of that that just that when they run out of the building fucking 
Butch Cassidy and Sundance style and get away with it, FPS players are going to laugh right in your face and say, yeah, no, thank you. I'm going to play a real FPS game. That's a joke. So that that's that's the one that scares me. I, I, I think it might actually be option one. I think it might actually be the best option. I think the AI might actually be good. The community managers can't play, so they edited it to make it look like the AI was bad, even though it wasn't. I, I hope. I Fingers crossed. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll know when we know. So, uh, point five. They claim that the air defenses are amazing. They said that. They made a big point of claim, declaring that in the stream, and they made a big point of saying that on a, the Q&A, two different Q&A things, rounds that we've gotten before. Oh, man, this air defense is amazing. They showed none of it. Um, they run to under the ship and fade to black. That just hurts my heart. Number seven. The uh, everyone turns blue mechanic when your shield is on. I think that's really suboptimal. Uh, number eight, with all the times that they hyped the sphere of combat, they were like, ships will be shooting SRVs. SRVs will be shooting people. People will be shooting ships. Like all of this stuff is going to be in our first person shooter gameplay in all of the FPS stuff that they've shown us thus far including this video. We've seen zero of that. We've seen zero people shooting at an SRV. We've seen zero SRVs shooting at fuck all. We've seen zero ships, ships shooting at an SRV or, or people. Like we, we just haven't seen it. Why? If that's the big thing that you're basing this on, that you're saying our FPS is different because other people you know, have FPS, but it's just people shooting people. We have this integrated system of ships and SRVs and people, all unit types shooting each other in a big orgy of destruction. How come we're not seeing any of that? Um, number nine, for the few fucks I give about FPS, I sure would love some content on scavenging or hacking or exobiology or walking around and doing stuff in stations. These, these are all things I would have loved to have seen. And number 10, the alpha starts on March 29th. Um, I would love to know how many alphas and betas there are going to be and for how long each. Let's just, as an example, throw out that there's two alphas and two betas and that each of the two alphas and two betas run for two weeks each and that in between the two alphas and two betas, there's two-week breaks to give the programmers, devs, time to incorporate the feedback that they got and tweak things based on both the verbal feedback that we're giving them on the forum saying, this needs to be fixed, that needs to be fixed, but also based on the metric feedback that they're getting where they're saying, everyone's doing A, we need to try to funnel people into B, C, and D, or 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 whatever. And again, this is just a speculation, but if there's two alphas and two betas, two weeks each, and two weeks between them to incorporate changes, that is a 16-week minimum from basically April 1st. So that puts you at late June, early July? Like, okay, when, when, is, when is launch going to be? Um, number 11, the loading on the ship wasn't even ready. Like, literally, they lied and said, we're on the ship, when they clearly weren't, and they got left behind. Uh, and, and number 12, and this is a small nitpick, but recoil on a laser rifle is dumb. That's not how lasers work. Uh, that's how a, you know, a kinetic rifle would work for sure, but laser rifles wouldn't have recoil. So seeing that, I was kind of like, huh? That's weird. So those are things that I noticed that either I question something about or I worry about or whatever.
let's talk about the positives. The HUD actually looked really good. I, I, I dug that. I really like the way that they incorporated all of the different things. The set pieces were fucking fantastic. Knocked it out of the park, 100%. I think the actual FPS models themselves, the guys running around with guns, that to me looked like your standard FPS game from seven years ago. I wasn't all that excited. It was just a thing. And then the blue shields were like, meh. But the set pieces, like when you go into the building and you see the buttons for the pan, like cutting through the panels. And once you get in there and you uh, access the machine, that was fucking incredible. The sound design, top notch, beginning to end. Whoever, like their sound team, they showed... There was that one black dude uh, in the one video where they were showing sound stuff, uh, a big guy, and he had an interesting name. I forgot. Uh, That guy, I fucking would love to see a dev diary with him. He's charismatic as fuck. He lights up his whole, his smile lights up the whole fucking room when he's talking about his job. You know, that guy loves his work and that whole fucking team needs a raise because the Elite Dangerous sound team is I think for my money, uh, uh, show me somewhere like, you know, maybe Square Enix, maybe whatever, but I think they're at or above the best in the business. The, those guys could, the, the sound team at Elite could go toe to toe with the sound team at EA with fucking 10 times the money and whatever. And I'll put my money on the sound team at Elite. They're fucking incredible. And, and I love those guys and they are rock stars. Um, the Planet Tech. Is point sixteen. The Planet Tech obviously is fucking amazing and incredible. Do me a favor, uh, control it on. Put up the please the the picture that I was talking about earlier. This comes uh, courtesy of Commander Rini. I think was the first one that posted, and it got posted everywhere. I've seen it everywhere, but I think Rini was the one who actually took the picture. Um, here's a picture of what that planet Ville C four looks like now, as opposed to what it's going to look like in, in, in Odyssey right there. If you're listening to this show and I know you've heard me, you know, talk a little bit of shit on concerns or this is dumb or how does that work or whatever. I'm a guy that I call it how I see it flat down the line. And that right there, if the whole galaxy is going from looking like column a on the left, the column B on the right, that is worth $40 to me, my, me personally, right there, even without anything else. So huge, huge salute to, and that's a, that's a massive point to, to the Planet Tech team. Um, point 17, I love the interactivity that's shown of different things like the art cutter, the power link, the hacking, even though they didn't show the hacking, but I, I believe it's going to be there, the e-breach. All of the interactable red panels, there's a lot of neat... I, I'm not that big on shooting people in the face. I used to do it for a living. I'm not... I don't like that in video games. What I like is the other stuff, but I love the running around and cutting opening a panel and hacking a machine and the stealth stuff. I love all that shit. That's awesome. And and this looks good. That part looks really, really good. Um, eight, part 18. Even with all the edits, they did show us something that was close to gameplay. I don't call that gameplay exactly because that was gameplay that was, like I said, edited like a fucking music video to where like, uh, what did I just see? Uh, but I mean, it was it was close to gameplay. It was, uh, for me, gameplay would be put a guy on a fucking computer screen and let him play for 20 minutes. I want to see him go and buy ammo. I want to see him interact with his fucking, his, his inventory slots. I want to see him get in the ship and out of the ship. I want to see, you know, I, I just want to see unedited. I want to see the guy die and see how that plays through. I want to see 
all of the stuff. But this was still massively closer to anything that they've shown us thus far. So, okay. Uh, number 19, absolutely. The biggest plus of this entire thing is that they gave a hard date and they said, on March 29th, we will give you alpha. And at that point, we can see for real what's what because we'll see it for ourselves and we can stop guessing and wondering. So all in all, to be fair, the biggest gripes that I had could almost all be covered with short tweaks or it could be, you know, like, oh, we just need to tweak the AI a little bit better or we need to tweak this and tweak that and 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 change this and change that. Just a little smidge here and there, back, background stuff um, between now and March 29th. And some of them might not even be problems at all. It might be that the AI is fantastic and the people playing the game suck. So instead of having it be like live, die, repeat, where we watch Tom Cruise just fucking put his dick in the dirt over and over and over and over and over until he finally figures it out. They were like, hey, man, we're going to splice this together to make it look like we're competent. And OK, in which case I'm happy. That's a good thing. So um, all in all, I feel like it's a pretty exciting. I'm pretty jazzed. I'm pretty excited and hyped and like, OK. There's some stuff there that needs some polish, but what I saw was pretty good, and 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 I'm happy. So we're going to roundtable this first, and then we're just going to open it up to general discussion. Let's start with Roy, and and uh, and just just your thoughts. Well, first I'd point out to our listening audience that uh, Kai's excellent uh, sort of minute by minute breakdown is in the show notes with timestamps. So if you wanted to check in on any of that, please check the show notes as well as uh, you know, the 19 uh, other points he mentioned there for the feedback. I, I would start out by simply saying, you know, for a while, we've been asking for three things. Number one, let's hear from David Braben. Number two, can we see some gameplay? And number three, it's best when you actually talk to real devs about this stuff. Uh, and they did all three all in one day. I mean, just right out of the gate, I'm very happy that that played out that way. Um, I think beyond that, you know, the yes, <laughs> listening to you talk about, you know, because obviously you have, you know, <clears throat> military combat experience and listening to you sort of break down how they, how the hapless uh, CMs tried to do tactics, it comes across as a, like a, like a Benny Hill movie or something. Um, I, I kind of <clears throat> would characterize what they have done as sort of a dramatic reenactment of what a mission might be using the available assets they had which it sounds like i mean we don't know for sure but it could be that the longest clip we saw was how long the game was either playable or they died repeatedly or some combination of the two um the only issue i would have with and even even you know like the like I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, they looked like Jason Nesbitt from Galaxy Quest continually rolling from cover to cover as they were <laughs> And yeah, that was kind of funny. But I, I, if what they were demonstrating is actually something that would be useful when they're in a mission with all of those mechanics turned on, mm -hmm. um, then I'm okay with that. Um, certainly it could be done, you know, perhaps better tactically than they did it. But again, it was to try to, I think it was sort of like this, we always talk about headcanon, and it was like they were sharing the headcanon with us using the available sure. assets. Um, so I'm I'm cool with that. I, the thing, one of the things I I, I would point out, um, I was a bit uh, the way the way he went in and just sort of 
offed the workers in the uh, <laughs> just straight up murdered them yeah that to me was sort of a bit of cognitive dissonance and how they were handling <clears> the mission <throat> um uh, I mean, obviously, in this game, you can do assassination missions and murder people, but sure. it would have seemed more <clears throat> in line with a stealth mission if there had been some kind of mechanic to non-lethally take those people down. Um, and lots of games have lots of examples of that, so I don't need to belabor it. It's just that's going to seem like a bit of a drag if that's your only choice. You know, either run around and do electronic <clears throat> spoofing or or murder people, and there's no sort of in between way to stealth incapacitate people uh, maybe that comes out and they just didn't show up. Um, i mean but at the same time if you get tasked with the mission and you're inserted into liberia and they're making yellow cake uranium and your job is to kill everybody in the facility and then dispose you know get rid of all of the stuff then that's what you're gonna do you're gonna yeah, do the job they have a variety of different mission types and game loops i could certainly mm -hmm. see that I could also see uh, there's there's a lot of games where um, you know I've played the stealth mechanic where I enjoy the challenge of and and they said that they actually said in the live stream that there are going to be bonuses in some missions for not killing anybody even assassination missions if you only kill the target so I'm just mm -hmm. curious if um, like I, I I don't think there's any argument that there's game loops in other games where it's advantageous to not kill anybody. And I'm just mm. curious why they didn't have have that apparently in this in this one, given that it was a you know up until that point they seemed to be going way over the top to demonstrate stealth mechanics, <laughs> stealth <laughs> even if yeah in the game, um, and then they left that one out. So um, you know what you know what I'm yeah. actually curious about now, if they had stealthed in right and walked right up to that panel that did the atmosphere. And he had dropped the e-breach on the panel to vent the atmosphere because he was wearing a helmet, as was his buddy. You know, Zach and Bruce were wearing helmets, but the two guys in the building weren't. If you murder people by venting the atmosphere, do you still get the murder fine? Because you didn't technically kill him. It was the lack of air in the room that killed him. Yeah. I, I've That's seen it here in the, in the, in the uh Twitch chat here, Beyond Aeon had an interesting suggestion. Like, maybe they could go into the control room and just order the workers out. I mean, if commandos show up with guns and you're unarmed workers in, a, in some sort of science job, are you going to stand around there? Or if they say, get the heck out, you're going to get the heck out. Like, that could be a mechanic as well, even though it could set off the alarm and so forth. It's another way to, there's lots of ways to handle that. Also, um, not for nothing, you could shoot them with a fucking Trank gun. I'm sure they have Trank guns in the 33rd century or, you know, oh, yeah. set phasers to stun bullshit or whatever. Maybe you should just shoot at the ceiling and they start running. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm curious. One mechanic we didn't see, and although they talked about, they had talked about it in the live stream, and I think previously with the death mechanic. I'm hmm. I'm wondering if it's going to be anything to do with these med packs where you can help other members of the team, or Revive if it's solely solo a solo venture. If, you know, if you got a med pack, you can boost your health. If if you got med packs, can you help your buddy? Uh, yeah. Just, Knockdown. I don't know. That'd be a cool squad mechanic. I don't know if I haven't seen anything on that. Um, I guess I'd, I'd wrap up by saying uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine when we saw lots of questions. We'll see it in the alpha. I, I give them a big kudos for like giving it the college try. I think they took the same spirit as they did with the sort of Ron Burgundy newscast and sort of tackled this thing as best they could. Who knows what kind of triage they're running, trying to get the assets and the people and everything together when they're all remote, or one guy can go in and can't stand close to somebody else, and who knows? There's all kinds of complications there, I'm sure. So, but I'm glad they did it. I'm glad we saw it. 
the 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 thing that's still kind of a big question for me that I'll be very interested to see in the alpha is kind of like what are they hanging their hat on? Is this simply a pretty good shooter within a space game, or is there is there aspects? I think we've seen some hints of aspects of it that might be superlative, like sound design, for example, or just the fact that this is being placed into an end-to-end galaxy simulation. Those are nothing to to sneeze at. Um, but is there anything else? They they had had previous, um, uh, whether I think it was the dev stream where they're showing the the videos of you know shooting real weapons and putting that into sound design or. Um, I, I kind of think about, um, for example, uh, Valheim, the survival game that's shot to fame. Mm. Um, presumably, and uh, I think our guest could actually talk about this since he's going to be streaming it, but I, the way I understand it, one of the ways that they've really captured that market is by taking out things that are annoying in survival games and leaning into things that are fun in survival games. And I'm oh, just no. curious, I've been interested ever since I heard about Odyssey of <laughs> What's going to be FDev's special stamp on FPS? Are they? Is it going to be a, a watered-down Me Too product, or are there going to be aspects of it that are actually unique and interesting just as an, S, as an FPS? You know, it doesn't have to be uh, the thing that's going to shoot to the top of the eSports League, but there could be some fun things they put in that you don't see in other FPSs, and I'm, I'm curious, still curious to see what those are going to be. Arson, you're up. Oh boy, do I have a lot to say. Um, I guess I'll start Don't we with all. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll start with the the first part is, you know, obviously the the AI uh, was lackluster and I have some specific things that what they did in the video showed does not exist and based off how they talk about the AI, I would expect these things to exist. Uh, and and that being oh, the guard will walk up to you and scan you and make sure you're clean. Okay, well, if we're going to see that kind of behavior, then I'm going to expect the guards to, I don't know, maybe have one, somebody stationed at the landing pad, seeing people when they disembark and greeting and scanning them. Um, if they see people loitering in front of their reactor uh, building, maybe uh, send somebody over there to say what's up. Uh, install some security cameras, maybe. Um, you know, just just things like that for a little bit more immersion. I would even like to see guards be sent out of the facility to approach ships that land not on the pad but outside. Just be like, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing here? Um, but uh, as far as all the takes of it goes, I, based off of what I saw, I don't believe that it is an issue of crashing. I think that it's more of an issue of trying to uh, record live gameplay in a coherent thing and suffering from the fact that you're not familiar with all of the game mechanics. Uh, For instance, the initial shot where they're going in, they probably spent a whole bunch of time lining it up and like, okay, we've, we've done our practice. uh, And then they got down there and they realized that they were wanted and got shot down. That's my guess on the first one. And, <laughs> and they go, I believe things and all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Maybe. 100%. Uh, maybe. The, one of the other things that uh, stuck out to me that you said, Kai, was the, the shields. I also I have a love-hate with it. Love on the sense that I look forward to being able to get a vanity color for it. Um, hate it because it kind of really removes all of your other customizations from combat visuals 
Um, so maybe it should be toned down a little bit. But from a stealth perspective, I find it really, really interesting because if you are wanted and you are trying to sneak around, maybe having your shield on causes guards to pay attention to you and come check on you. If that's the case, people trying to stealth around a base and stay hidden because they're wanted murderers aren't going to be running their shields. So maybe you can get a drop on them while they're still stealthed. So I could see some really interesting scenarios that could play out from that if the light generated by those shields is utilized in such a way. Um, mm. Which then makes me think of the next thing with the death mechanics and the concept of pushing people to orbit when you kill them. Um, there, there's a lot of awesome uh, PvP capabilities there. You're going to want uh, air support in the air if you are in open. Uh, in areas where other people are going to be. Um, and then also, uh, for for just the death mechanics, I really hope there is a knockdown mechanic. And I bring this up because I used to play Star Wars Galaxies uh, and a couple other games that when you died, you would be on the ground. Now, you could you know, just wait and see if somebody would revive you or drag your corpse away or what have you, or you could just kind of tap out and respawn. I hope that there's a knockdown mechanic because if you have it, the scenarios that can play out from it are just immense. Uh, whether it's being revived uh, by a friendly or potentially an enemy or, oh, we got in a firefight. I got the drop on somebody. I scared them. They popped me. And then they talked to me while I'm down and realize, okay, they're not actually hostile. I'll wake you up. Da, da, da. Like, there's so many things that can happen with that. So I really hope that uh, that knockdown mechanic is there or is added. Um, I have other cool. things, but I'll wait till later because I'm very happy. <laughs> this is exciting to me. So it, just as a heads up, because uh, because both you and Roy have mentioned the the death mechanic and whatever. Later in that stream that accompanied that video, they actually had Gareth Hughes in and. Interestingly or funny enough, Gareth basically said exactly what we said last week. If you notice last week, we said, hey, man, this whole one of our community or, or discussion topics last week was like, dude, don't worry about the death mechanic. It's not that big a deal. It'll probably be that you either revive at your ship or you revive at the last station you were at. And they asked Gareth, Gareth they were like, hey, can you tell us how the death mechanic's going to work? And he's like, yeah, sure. Uh, the way it works is you're going to either revive at your ship or revive at the last station you were in. Apparently, if you came in a ship, you're actually going to have the option. So if you came in a ship, you're, they're going to say, hey, what do you want? Do you want to revive in your ship or at the last station? If you came via the intergalactic taxi service, it's going to just throw you to the last station. But it's that that was a very cool additional thing that was said in the stream that accompanied that video. Rear Admiral Flaps, you were up. Well, pretty much, I'm pretty much going to agree with what both of you guys have already said. Although I'm going to uh, highlight just some things I had sort of found out or, or sort of came across anyway. The oh. game, it does look absolutely fantastic. I have to agree. The terrains, the environments, absolutely everything. Spot on. Can't I have no gripes with it whatsoever. Um, from the trailer that we've seen, I got a lot of Mass Effect vibes from it. I don't know if anyone else sort of got Mass Effect vibes mm -hmm. from it, but I, I sort mm -hmm. of got a bit of a Mass Effect vibe from it. 
me being a Mass Effect fan, I was like, hmm, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But at the same time, as we've already mentioned, the AI, you know, okay, fair enough, it's it's been a, a pre-alpha build and, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes made and blah, blah, blah. But the point I want to make is if they're going to give us an alpha build on the 29th, surely it would be in their best interest to show us that full alpha build not something that was done months and months and months ago. So why did we get that thing that was months and months and months ago that's been heavily edited, as you have pointed out? Why not just show us what we're getting in two weeks' time or three weeks' time? That, that for me, is just a, a bit of a red flag. Just, okay, wh- why that? Um, I found that some of the animations were a little bit jerky, but again, it's an early build. I can, I can sort of get over that. One thing that I did see that none of us have mentioned so far is, have we noticed the glass effects on the helmet? As you're walking around, watching the sun reflect off the helmet. That was a nice little touch, little subtle touch that I, I quite like. Yeah, you would get that weird sort of halos around the outside, the far extremes on the right and left side. Yeah, I did yeah. see that. Yeah, that that to me, I was like, that's it. It's very subtle. You wouldn't notice it as much. But, you know, as the game progresses, the more you play it and play it and play it, that's going to be like, that's a nice little touch. Um, we've mentioned this. I think we've mentioned this or somebody's mentioned this in the chats, possibly. Non-lethal takedowns. Um, mm. Non-lethal takedowns. Uh, is that going to affect your your crime? You know, or are you going to get a fine for a non-lethal takedown? Is that actually going to affect you, or will you be able to progress through the mission and stuff? I think that's been answered already. Mm. One thing I mentioned as well is um, what's stopping a commander from sitting in a an anaconda above a base and just carpet bombing the whole thing? I know they said they had great base defenses. You we haven't you seen also- them yet. <laughs> But we haven't seen them yet, exactly. Um, But what if somebody, what if, say, for example, I dropped you off a couple of kilometers outside the the base, you walk into that base, you disable the defenses by taking down a power grid or whatever it may be, and I carpet (laughs) bomb the whole thing. Mm. Where's the challenge? Where's the challenge? Um, On foot ganking, is that going to be a thing? You're going to have people just chilling out in bases, just ganking you as you go to walk in a base? Is that? Or I think, I think. I think more so have people chilling out near the uh, uh, scavenging places. So you go to scavenger wreck and they're like, ha ha, you're in your scavenging suit. Pew pew, motherfucker. They'll exactly. gank wherever the new engineers are. I would imagine if they're on a set. Oh, that that's too. Locust to, to draw people. Cause you know, there'll be a, a flow of people all the time. Yeah, True. Absolutely. You know, and you know, it is a concern because for me, I'm not good at, at ship combat. I'm a wee bit better at FPS. I'm a wee bit more confident in my skills there, but in ship combat, I'm never good at, so I'm not a fan of gankers personally. But it is a, a bit of a concern. Um, ship launch fighters giving covering fire as you're attacking a base. That would be nice. I would like to see some of that. Mm. Um, I, think, uh, I think, you know, if you were to get a couple of SLFs, bomber-style FLFs, could be quite mm-hmm. a, a cool mechanic. Um, and storylines. I would like to see some storylines around those bases. Like there, there needs yeah. to be something along the lines of story to, to really attract you into going to do that mission, for example. Hell yeah. Or have somebody um, drive an Amtrak right up to that fucking door. In the Marines, we called uh, we called them Amtraks, the, uh, the armored personnel carriers. Have yeah. someone pull right up and then you hop in and then drive off instead of running through two separate kill funnels. That, I mean, that, that would be pretty awesome, to be fair. If you had uh, some sort of armored car and you just bounced into it in four years, bounced out and just absolutely wreaked havoc. Yeah, um, what I know they mentioned this in the stream, but I was... I'm really quite confused in how this is going to affect it. They're talking a lot about the BGS is going to be very, very important and to what missions is actually given to us at any given time. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, they're saying that some of the factions, if you're not allied with a faction, you're not going to get a certain mission. Is that going to then hinder you for then achieving later on objectives? You know, you're trying to collect, say, for example, a Sapia court core, and you have to go to a certain base to go get that. But you're not very good at FPS games. So then how do you get that by influencing the, F- the BGS? You know, those sorts of things. <laughs> Yeah, well, there'll there'll be mission givers at all the different bases, and you could also find where those mission givers exist in other stations in that system, and you could do the space side of it if that's what you're better at. You could, you know, you could do that. Yeah, there's there's still some questions that I have, but overall, overall, I think I agree. We're definitely on the right track. My my biggest gripe with the whole thing is why not show us something if you're if you're going to release it to us in three weeks time why not show us something a bit better than what they did that's my biggest gripe with the whole stream but at the same time i'm very 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 excited very excited yeah man i i completely get where you're coming from if we're three weeks away from launch that means you know you you would think you're going to show us all the stuff before alpha right so if we're three weeks away from alpha that means we should see scavenging we should see hacking. We should see getting in and out of the ships. We should see exobiology. We should see, as you just said, where you're like, I'm worried about how the mechanics of the stuff in the stations are going to work. We should see people running around in the stations. And actually, because they showed us a very brief video clip in Dev Diary 2 of you know some key set pieces, but like, I want to see how you book a taxi. I want to see how the front lines works. I want to see how the uh, vistas, uh, verdant vistas or whatever works. I want to see how the, you know, ship purchasing and all this stuff you want to see in those stations. Exactly. You know, for me, I I work in like the audio visual business, like in real life. And one of the big things that we always, always talk about is detail, 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 show the detail. Do you know if don't just, you know, to show a, a generated clip that is designed to sell you that product. Show us the detail. Show us why we should buy that product over the next product along down the line, i.e. Star Citizen, for example. Mm. Do, do, that's the kind of thoughts that I have. And one last thing that I want to sort of highlight as well is there's very, very low penalties for breaking laws. So if I go and shoot a civilian, as you've mentioned, I get a, a lesser fine than going and trespassing somewhere. <coughs> mm-hmm. Where's the incentive to not just run into that base and just run, just kill everything. Why am I not getting fined heavier to take me away from just running into a base? They actually sit back with my friends and say, hey guys, we need to sit and think. Like, this is what I do with my friends in Valheim. We sit with my friends and we say, I, we can't beat this base or we can't get into this crypt or whatever. We need to think about what we're doing here. Let's take 10 minutes and strategize something. But if there's no penalty or a very low penalty for actually going in and just fucking up a whole days what's the point right on i dig it i would love to see a situation where you go in and murdered these two people that worked in the power core building and then all of a sudden you find out that their family put a fucking hit out on you like go get that guy he just murdered my yeah, mom that would be, be cool yeah. tweet your thoughts all right i see what you did save me to last that's not a bad mm-hmm. idea <laughs> okay off the bat to battle a couple of points right now before i forget them to the to the why didn't we get to see the alpha play my bet and i don't buy this excuse all the time but that would assume that they would have been recording this within the last couple of weeks. I'm betting they've been working on this for months to get all that edit, to to get a coherent story, quote unquote story of the mission 
together and I'm betting the alpha wasn't ready yet. That's why we're getting the pre-alpha gameplay footage. Uh, and and the other thing, the recoil on the laser gun, that is such a trivial point. I could not care less if there's recoil on my laser rifle. I really couldn't. That is not going to affect how much fun I have with this one way or another. Now, okay. on the overall thing, I'm going to hit my points that concern me on the video first. One, I did not get to see the ship come from outer space into atmosphere, nor did I see it leave atmosphere and go into space. I am very curious as to what that's going to look like. Very excited to see what that's going to look like. Uh, maybe they didn't show up because it's alpha. Maybe they didn't show up because they want to save it for when you actually get your hands on it but uh, that part concerns me a little tiny bit also concerning was when they were running back to the ship and you saw that little blue uh, i don't know what you want to call it, little blue come here to line your srv up and we'll suck you up into the ship for them running to, to board the ship i hope to hell that is not how we board our ships that will be heartbreaking if that is the case that said all in all I'm very excited with what I saw. Uh, I actually think you missed a couple of little tiny details right at the beginning of this video, Kai, that, that you just overlooked because you were busy focusing on the bumbling gameplay of the devs, which we know they're not great elite players. They don't play it the way we do, so I ignored what they were doing, really. The first thing I noticed when they were exiting the ship and running was footprints in the sand. Love it. I noticed the sand blowing in the wind love it the blue skies love it the the in space actually i guess that would be the first thing i noticed the blue aura over the planet can't beat it looks absolutely fantastic the the the, the art cutter to, to cut open that panel that looks fun as hell and i would contend to, i don't know that it's a one push button kind of functionality to it because i would contend in elite dangerous nothing is that simple absolutely nothing in this game is push one button and you're done so I don't know that that's going to be that way at all. The AI, yeah, I agree that the AI was problematic. It was not smart. But there's a couple of things that I think you have to take into effect when you're looking at this AI. One, pre-alpha. Two, this planet, if I'm not mistaken, is outside of the bubble. So yes, it's a military settlement, but it's a military settlement outside of the bubble that's not well supported. They didn't have vehicles. They didn't have guards all over the place or anything so uh, they're probably not going to have the top ai top guards in the galaxy on that particular settlement with the ai difficulty i imagine much like we do in our ships if you are a harmless pilot in a ship and you go into a hazres or a cz even you're going to come up against mostly harmless ships they match your skill level. I'm betting it's going to be the same way when you're on the ground. Those AIs are going to match your skill level. As you level up, you'll get harder ones. The AI also, they have told us, will difficulty level will be dependent on the BGS. How strong is that faction? How is the population? How happy, how, how strong is that faction's BGS? That is going to help determine the strength of the ground forces. I think you have to take all of these things into account when you're looking at this bubbling AI that we saw in this pre-alpha and give them the benefit of the doubt. I think it's going to be better. I think they know it would have to be better than what we saw. And I think they've got plenty of time. I mean, you got an alpha coming out in three weeks. You'll get your hands on it. You'll see what it is. And then who knows when the game actually, you know, when Odyssey actually gets full release to you guys. And they've got until 
ball or so for console. So I really don't worry about the AI. I think AI intelligence is something that programmers can dial in as it goes along. That's one of the things that you guys are going to be testing in the alpha. And I believe they'll be tweaking it as they go. As I also think the, the, the fines, the 250 credit fine for murdering, which is less than the trespassing, that kind of stuff, they can <laughs> easily adjust through the alpha. So all of the things that concern me, I think they can really fix. If they haven't already, I think it's really easy for them to adjust that kind of stuff. Mm. The important right. thing about what okay. we saw was the gameplay, the, the co-op mission with friends, physical multi-crew. He landed and the people got off his ship. We can't mm. do that right now. The, the, the ability, if you've ever played Red Dead online and you take a mission and you go into right into Valentine and something goes wrong and you end up in a shootout with the whole town, that can be some of the most fun video game times and you know in a long time i think we're going to have an opportunity for the same kind of thing with this something goes wrong in one of these missions and you and your two buddies or three buddies are holed up in this settlement trying to shoot your way out that's going to create some amazing gameplay opportunities that's that's true did you have any other points tweak that you wanted to add before we get to other people adding just round table we're just going to talk about nope. it no, go ahead. We'll just go around. All right. So first up is Arson. He had some points. Yeah. Should I? Hmm. Do I start with the ganking or the role play of the crime and punishment? I guess I'll start with the role play of the crime and punishment. Um, because uh, Flaps, you had mentioned earlier, what's what's the incentive? And I think personally, from my perspective. Uh, my understanding of the lore in the elite universe is essentially that life is somewhat uh, considered worthless. Yeah, cheap. Um, and yeah, exactly. And I think that what they are trying to communicate with us or to us through the way the crime and punishment works, which, by the way, if you notice, it's not the people that they're killing reporting the crimes. It's all of the equipment that you're carrying on you that's linked to the Pilots Federation systems and all of that stuff, all those data things. It's setting yourself for crimes, which from a role play perspective, and this is you know, theory, I don't know, as far as I'm aware, Frontier hasn't explicitly said this is what's happening. But from a roleplay perspective, I see that as we, having been a, a certain generation of pilots, we've been locked on our ships. Our computer systems are controlled by people that are not us. We don't get to go places unless they tell us we can go there. And now we're finally allowed to get off of our ships, and our ships are still going to have situations where it will not let us off in certain circumstances. So based off the fact that you also have the fact that commanders in general or independent star pilots are kind of looked at with suspicion and maybe a little bit of fear and things like that in lore. Mm -hmm. I think that these kinds of penalties for crimes are part of, you know, that club master plan. Okay, we want to make sure that the general population is not really going to want to trust these people because, A, they're going to be more inclined to murder people uh, when they're doing stuff. And B, we have organizations making decisions at the top, sending these people to go <laughs> do all kinds of nefarious things to your settlements. So, I don't know. That's just some tinfoil hattery from me there. Yeah, you had a point on ganking before we go, because Flaps and Roy are next, but you had a point on ganking. 
Ah, yeah. Uh, so the the ganking thing is essentially, uh, I it's going to happen. Um, in fact, I believe that at least for a time, the gankers are going to put aside their ships for the most part um, and and want to engage people on foot because you're going to get some pretty pretty visceral reactions from people in firefights on the ground. Um, which I think is going to be awesome, in my opinion. I can't wait to have the ganker try and kill me. Um, but the interesting thing, though, is the whole being pushed to orbit when you die, because you can either respawn on your ship. Remember, they say your ship. They didn't say on the ship that dropped you off. They said your ship. So you have to have a ship to respawn in orbit of the planet you die on, uh, unless you spawn at a port on the planet, I assume. Um, but one of the things that they don't cover uh, with that is whether or not your ship follows you, because uh, you know you can uh, release your ship from wherever you're at, dismiss it, and it'll fly away. Will it f- be summonable when you, I don't know, catch a ride with a friend and they take you a thousand light years and you get out? Can you summon your ship? But with that pushing mechanic, pushing people to orbit, it's going to make it really, really important to, one, not expose your ship on the ground. Because if you leave your ship parked on the ground, now the ganker arrives after you because maybe they followed you down. They give you enough time to land, get out. They blow up your ship on the way in. They land. They get out of there. They dismiss theirs. Now the two of you fight on foot. Loser gets pushed to orbit, except you left your ship exposed, so you're actually pushed to station. So you're going to have to take those kinds of things into account, and it's going to be very, very interesting to see... uh, the combat tactics evolve and whether or not people will be even willing to land in certain areas that are really populated, like farming sites for resources, uh, because they don't want to uh, be pushed to a station, you know, things like that. What about what about people using the push to orbit as a shortcut? I got a mission not to steal the power core. I got a mission to come into a base and shoot arson in the back of the head. I walk into the middle of the base. I stealth in past all of the the guards walk right up to arson shoot him in the back of the head and then just turn around and let the guard shoot me and boop that's a shortcut now i'm back up in orbit with my ship ready to fly in and turn in like that could be be unintended consequences there could be unintended consequences there i think gareth said if you die you fail the mission he did say that i don't know what context was but yeah you also don't get to keep anything in your inventory when you die now whether that's includes the equipment you brought into battle with you i'm curious about that i think they did Um, say i think they said that you will lose the stuff that you had on you the equipment you had on you yeah so it is it is everything because i i personally find that awesome it's interesting because i think there's going to be some people that are salty as fuck if they found out that they spent a day or two doing grinding engineering for seven or eight different yeah. aspects of their suit and weapon and then died on the first mission and lost it all. No, like, they, wow. they, they specified know. that it wasn't going to be your guns. It was the stuff in your, your backpack. backpack, not yeah. your guns. Okay. Okay, cool. That's that. That's better. I, I must have just, you know, brain freezed on that part. Um, so Flaps is up next. He had a question. Yeah, yeah, it was and just a pretty much, pretty much answered the question. But uh, there was two ways to look at it. They said that the BGS was would scale to make certain missions more difficult. Put yourself in this situation: you're in a big squadron, very powerful squadron. Say, for example, Dark Way, Lazlings, Angels, those sorts of squadrons. And you decide to take on a mission. You're solo, and you decide to take on a mission, but it's super fucking hard. You're shit at FPS games. What do you do at that point? Yes, okay, you can call your squadron to come and help you, but you don't really like to do that. You want to try and do it yourself. 
you know, where do you go in that in that sense? That's a little you'll bit fail. of a concern. You'll fail the mission just like you do if you take a threat six assassinate pirate mission in your ship and somebody tries to go do it in their engineered cobra, they're gonna get blown out of the sky. They're gonna get turned to space dust. And and <laughs> if you lose you fail that mission and it hurts the influence. That's what it'll be the same thing on the ground. Flaps, yeah. what do you do? Who do you talk to? If you know where to find them, you call the A team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, but my, my concern would be just I know of a few people who don't really like FPS games. Um, mm. They've said to me that they're a wee bit concerned of if I don't like the FPS mechanic, you know, I just don't like that sort of thing. And I want to continue doing the scientific side of things and blah, blah, blah. Is there certain missions that I'm going to have to do? in the FPS to go and fight somebody to go and do this, that and the other to get the item that I want or need rather than going and doing something else and get doing no. something entirely different and missing out. Not, so missing out on the answer is yes, you are going to have no. to do some, the answer no, is no, no, you're just wrong tweaked here. Here's why <laughs> the answer okay, is you yes. go and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I started I'm going to go, I'm, I'm gonna go and then you're not going to get a turn. So uh, <laughs> the reason why I'm right is because for certain items, if you're talking about a piece of gear or a um, uh, an engineering material that is tied to your suit, it's tied to the ground gameplay. You're, there are some things that you're going to need to do ground gameplay, ground scavenging, ground missions for to get access to. Just the same way as that there's stuff that... that you know, you're, is going to be sort of a, exclusive to the ship side. Now, yes, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be have to be combat. It could be that it's scavenging. It could be that it's other things. But anytime you're running around on foot, you have the chance of engaging in non-consensual combat, whether it's from NPCs that could be pirates at a scavenging thing or players that are waiting to gank people, as we just said, at different locations. So, yes, there are going to be some times that you have to engage in on-foot gameplay, and that's going to put you at a risk for engaging in ground combat. But in those cases, you can either A, try to mitigate that as much as possible, try to pick certain mission types where it's less likely that you'll do combat, B, try to take a friend, you know, C, if if you're sort of shit at at, at whatever, try to stack this the 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 odds in your favor. I.e., if you're flying around a scavenging area and you see four or five guys in SRVs or or on foot, you know, setting up to ambush people, fly around and shoot them with your fucking ship, and then land real quick and go in there and scoot your get your stuff and run away. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Tweaked. All right. This is why I think you're wrong. I mean, yes, you're right. If you're in open and you're okay, that's a scavenger Good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing a scavenger mission in open, there's a chance that another player could come and find you. But to his point of asking if you're going to have to do a certain type of mission, no, I don't think you are. Because in the game now, if you are doing a Imperial Grind rank up mission and the first mission that comes up that you need to do is a combat mission, but you're not built for that, you can go to a different station or you can wait 10 minutes for the mission board to flip and then the next one comes up as a courier mission that ranks you up just the same. So I think it's going to be the same way on the ground. You won't have to do the FPS if you don't want to in this game. 
You don't mm-hmm. have to do any combat in this game now if you don't want to. You can go out in the black and never see another ship for your whole time playing this game if you want to. Yeah, and courier missions, as we all know with our spaceships, they never ever send people after you with the courier mission NPCs to shoot at you. Like, that's the point that I'm making. There's always a risk, but you can mitigate it with certain things. All right, we are over time. So, Roy, you're going to get to close us out. No? Okay, we're going to go Roy, and then we're going to go Arson. For realsies, we're done. Uh, You had a point, Roy, on three weeks. Go for it. Yeah, so, you know, it's been mentioned a couple times, like, why didn't they show us something more advanced if there's only three weeks left? I think there was two things in the live stream that, that spoke to that. And I'd add, if you've only seen the video and haven't watched the live stream and you have concerns or you're just curious watch the live stream it changed my opinion of what i saw in the video um yeah. seeing seeing not just david braben in the video but seeing uh, gareth, gareth and the, sort of, you get a lot of feedback by watching someone's face and how they answer questions and, and genuinely the content of what he said was very rich i think t- he said something and art said something that speak to this three-week thing um and it was that there are things changing very rapidly so there are bugs. Gareth said something to the effect that, look, there are bugs um, getting fixed every day. So I would imagine that it's not that things are almost baked. I think they're in a crunch, not not an unhealthy sweatshop kind of crunch, but they're in a crunch and stuff's getting not finally coming to fruition kind of all at once over the next three weeks. I think they're going to be down to the wire and there's going to be stuff happening right up until they launch the alpha. Art did also say this wasn't the last, uh, I forget the exact words, but the impression I got was this isn't the, this isn't the last sort of let's play video we're going to see before Alpha. So I would expect to see if it, if get with Garrett is said is, is right, if his prediction is right that this thing's being knocked off the list every day, then we should see market improvement even if there's like one of these a week or even if there's only one more of these there's going to be a big, the way they're saying it, there's going to be a big shift in, in improvement. Oh, there needs to be like one of these a week for the next two weeks because, you know, there's so much shit they haven't shown. No scavenging. Yep. We don't, we haven't seen it. What an SRV does in combat, we haven't seen it. What these air defenses do, we haven't seen it. What the hacking does, we haven't seen it. What the exobiology is, we haven't seen it. Like, yeah, there needs to be yeah. these. My, my guess is there's punch lists on all these things, and it's got, it's going exponential, the number of things that are getting fixed, because they're all coming to fruition at the same time. So it's going to ra- radically change how this looks in three weeks. All right, Arson, last point. Go for it. On the, the combat bit, I just wanted to point out that on the stream that they did yesterday to release this video and content for us, they they did explicitly specify that you will be able to choose your activities uh, and based on what you pick up and where you go, and just like we can now. And if you look at your left HUD in the game, when you're approaching... Uh, various things in Super Cruise, it gives you an icon saying, hey, this is going to be a combat activity, or hey, this is a salvage activity. Uh, so the that is going to translate over into Odyssey, and they've explicitly said it. So I think those that don't want to uh, engage in the combat aspect but want everything else, don't stress out about it. You're going to be able to have the choice, and just like you do now, occasionally, you will get that unwanted combat, whether it's uh, NPC or player, if you're an open or whatnot, but you're going to be able to mitigate those risks by making choices like you already do. Right on. Uh, I know I said that that was the last point, but we put in a point. We're going to let him go, and then for sure we're done. Go. Well, just just here, and and don't get me wrong. I'd like to see all these things. I really would. I'd like to see scavenging. I'd like to see some walking around the stations. But we don't mm-hmm. have to see it. 
if the alpha comes out in in a couple of weeks and and it doesn't have some of that stuff and then another alpha comes out and it does have it there, there's no law that says a video game company has to show you everything that's going to be involved in that game before it comes out that never used to be a thing and it's not a thing with most other games so i contend they don't have to show us that stuff it can just be in the game when it comes out and then we'll go figure it all out yeah i mean they can skip that uh, if they just want to be really bad at marketing sure yeah all right that is it uh but let's not we're gonna not gonna do state of the game right now what we're gonna do is state of your thoughts on this video so just just and and not just the video but the stream that accompanied it because you're right i think that that video would have put me at about a six to seven uh the stream that accompanied with it and the date of march 29th puts me at a fucking hard 10 out of 10 i am happy i am ready roy where are you at it's a 10 they, they did what we asked for and yeah there's lumps and wrinkles but it's gonna get better <clears throat> arson where are you at you're muted all, all i can think about is muting myself in odyssey i i am very excited to get into the beta and i am planning on making a bunch of uh content around testing it when it drops so right on. excited right on control i'm inviting you in on this where are you at yeah um, um of course i'm excited too uh, uh i'm gonna uh buy the thing i haven't uh done it yet but uh, i'm gonna right on and flaps everything i've said has been nitpicking i just want to point that out um but i'm at a solid eight or nine like from what i've seen i've said it before i am extremely excited everything that i've sort of all the negative points that i've came up with it is nitpicking it is nitpicking at the same time yeah solid eight or nine I mean, I need to pick the fuck out of it, but then I also said I was, you know, what I was excited by. And for me, like I said, the nitpicks, they weren't things that I'm sure I don't like. They were things that I question and I'm like, oh, I wonder about that. But because I'm I'm going to be able to touch it on March 29th and see, that's why I'm at, I'm at a 10. And if you yeah. noticed, I segregated out, tweaked so from everybody. Here's a question. Here's okay, a question. Go ahead. <laughs> Imagine they had have done that stream yesterday and they said, okay, you can play the alpha June 29th. What would your thoughts have been? Uh, at that point, I would have been at about like an eight-ish because I would have been like, okay, so right off the bat, sort of what you said where it's going to be uh, release, like, because that's when they said the release was going to be around, uh, like, mm, by May 29th. Or, yeah, see, this is weird because Q1. already... Thank you on the start. Well, yeah, they said, first they said December 2020. Then they said Q1 2021. Then the last extension, the last delay was... No, no, for reals, these guys, because they said it to their stockholders, they said, uh, or shareholders or whatever you call that in England, they said, uh, by the end of the fiscal year, which is May 29th. So honestly, they're already blowing the by the end of the fiscal year for release. If Oh, no, 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 they're not necessarily because it's March 29th that, that we're seeing this stuff. So yeah, that, uh, <laughs> tight. it'll be tight. It'll be crazy tight. I don't think it's even doable i think they're going to be pushing the actual release of odyssey on pc past the may 29th date in which case i say push it another month or two if you need to and pull the console up a month or two now that you can now that you're not up against that whatever and let's get a fucking unified release again so as i was saying uh I had segregated out tweak from everyone because we're all PC players and we're all getting 
the this is the news, this is what you get to see, and here's your golden ticket date. You get to fucking play with it yourself on March 29th. We have to acknowledge the fact that there is an unfair disparity here for the console players and that while they may have liked what they saw in the video and while they may have liked the stream and while they may have liked the whatever, they are getting treated second class here and they're not getting it March 29th. So acknowledging all of that, Tweaked, where are you at with the state of the game of the of the video there, of the stream that went along with it and of the release dates tentative such as we know them so far? Well, I would say I'd give it a seven. And, and that is because I think what we saw is a great starting point to what I hope Odyssey will allow Elite Dangerous to become. I love Elite as it is, and I think what I saw from the Odyssey video is going to turn it into what it does. Uh, the delay, uh, the hard date, the March 29th date that you guys are getting actually makes me feel a little better. Because at least I feel like there's a plan. We're moving <coughs> forward again. We're not mm. stuck in mud spinning in neutral, you know? It's Question there, marks, there, yeah. Right. There's a plan now all of a sudden. So, yes, it, it reopened the wound. I was a little salty last night. I mean, I was excited watching it. I found the parts of it that I didn't, you know, like I said, I was a little concerned about some things. And then I said, but goddamn, I wish I could play this in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to be running courier missions or bounty hunting or doing the same thing I've been doing for three years years and it, it hurts it does but eventually it'll get to us and as long as they get it right and and now we're finally moving forward i'm i'm pleased it was i think seeing david braben i think to roy's point seeing david braben really helped mm. so tweet you and i've been button heads on opinions tonight on, on a couple of different points what do you how do you feel about my opinion of now that we know that there's a very good chance that we're going to miss the May date for for PC. Why don't you push PC back two months, pull pull console up two months, and let's do a fucking unified release? Um, at the risk of pissing off some PC players, I think, honestly, if they could do that, I think it would be best for everyone involved because the extra two months would allow them to iron out any issues that they may be skipping over to rush out mm. a release for you guys on PC. And pulling us up a couple months would be fucking wonder, excuse my language, that would be so amazing. Amazing. I'm expecting it November is when in my head I'm getting it. And if it came to me in September, I'd be thrilled. I'd be ecstatic. Right on. All right, everybody. We're going to do what we did last week, and we're all going to say goodbye at the same time because it's weird and funny and kooky. So on the count of three. One, two, three. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Be excellent to each other. Control it on. Peleus out.
is not the answer, yeah For only love can conquer hate You know that we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Picket signs and picket lines Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Talk to me so you can see oh. 